Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. for the TMB Football Fantasy Report with your host, Banks Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the BS Report. I am your host coming to you live and in living color with a little bit of sex appeal. Uh, this is Banks. I'm welcoming my co-host as always, the S in the BS Report, Soup. Welcome to the podcast, Soup. Hey, Banks. Good to be here. Good to see your chest hair poking out live and in color. Hey, man. Uh, Success, secret to a successful marriage, man. Man boobs and I, little chest hair. I don't know if I'm going to be able to focus and give you the fantasy insight that you've come to love and cherish, but uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> and uh, our uh, co-chair today is a first-time caller, a long-time member of the league, Good, uh, good member of the league, I must say. Always on his P's and Q's. Always a competitive GM. Uh, Fran, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Cheers. Let's do this. Cheers to you, my friend. Well, gentlemen, uh, let's let's hop right into it. Uh, look, uh, looking at the week that was. Um, we'll start with Fran since he is the new guy on the on the block. Let's get his opinions firing off first and foremost. Uh, your biggest takeaway from the week that just passed. Biggest takeaway for me is that the West, number one, the West is best. Agree <laughs> or disagree? <laughs> um, I think uh, I think the West is still unproven territory. I still think the East is uh, is is where it's going to be. Soup, your thoughts? I mean, it's kind of hard hard to argue that the cream of the crop is in the West right now with arguably three of the top five teams being over there. Um, I mean, I'm not sure where he's getting at. I mean, we've we've always said that we thought the East was deeper and we thought that the West was top heavy. And I think we're continuing to see that through three weeks so far. So even though... But, I, think, uh, I, but, but I mean, you look at that week one podcast and it was just, it was one, a lot of NC-17 love on Soup's roster. He's at one and five. And then the, a lot of the other GMs that you would expect to be heavy hitters are sitting there struggling or, you know, just sitting at 500. Whereas you look at 20s, O, and me, and I think right there, those are your top three. All right, top full transparency. Scores. What did you say about my team before coming on the podcast today? I, <laughs> I said there was a lot of bad luck, but I mean, you know, I also know. Think the, the, camera, the cameras start rolling. And the attitude yeah. changes. That's the how it is. <laughs> but I mean, well, I think that the West clearly separated itself this week. I mean, you look, you got three heavy hitters. They all produced 20s team 
was unbelievable. Karen Higdon doesn't even play, and the guy puts up 205. Um, and then Stex has wasted his whole pool of waiver money. Ward, <laughs> you, and Jay are sort of in this limbo. It's going to break one way or the other for the three of you guys. And then I don't know how Banks is doing it. This should be a rebuild year for him, and he's putting up unbelievable scores. So, well, I yeah, I, 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 I like the West. I do, I do want to say this. You made the claim that the top three teams are in the West, but that's just factually inaccurate. Considering that I have the third most points scored on the season, uh, I think that I have a case to be made as a top three team in the league to this point. That's just that's just where I sit, especially when you're talking about the other teams that are uh, in discussion with me have the same record as I do, yet I have outscored at least one of those gentlemen. So I would say pump the brakes on the West being elite. Um, you guys get to beat up on four terrible teams the rest of the year, so your records are going to look fantastic. Um, you know, where the East, we actually have to compete. You know, it's there's a lot to be said when you actually have to compete against seven good GMs, uh, like we do in the East. And you know, obviously, Jigga brings down the the degree of difficult. But if we didn't have him, I mean, I think it'd be just a, a complete landslide and unfair. And we might have to talk about you know redoing these divisions. But uh, since Jigga's there, he kind of balances things out for everything because he's forever taken um soup what's your biggest takeaway from the week that was i am dressed in black from head to toe and i am at my funeral <laughs> my team is on its last leg and uh this is this is a make or break week for me i know we kind of said that last week that i needed to go one-on-one and but i also mentioned last week that i wasn't really comfortable uh, or i didn't really feel comfortable with where my team was due to the the injury and then the, the hurricane that canceled a few of my bigger players. And you were still all about it saying I would go one-on-one. I was like, I'm telling you, man, I'm like, I'm not feeling easy about it. I know it's quirky, and, but I just, it's with sermons, the starter now, and then Scarlett's the sermon now. And then he had some things go his way. And I just, I'm having bad luck. It, it looks like it's not going to be my year, but this year is, or this week is the make or break week for me. So that's my main takeaway is that I'm shitty and the rest of the league is kind of, the rest of the league is kind of all in one jumbo ball with 20s up top right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, um, in full disclosure, I did warn you about your starting quarterback. We can get into the weeds about whether I told you to start your, you know, 600-yard, five-touchdown you never told quarterback. never Or if you should pick you somebody up off the You had or, him as a sit player on the or, podcast. Time out. Let me finish. Or if you should pick somebody up off the waiver wire. I think Fuck either it. option. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> either way. Either way. I agree with you. You're in the make or break, uh, make or break week for uh, this season. I mean, for this. Uh, yeah. For your season. I mean, the season rides on your matchups this week. I think. Um, where last week you had to go one and one, I really do feel like you need to sweep. Uh, you need to go two and zero oh this week. It's it's that uh, important uh, considering who you're going up against. I would say. He and that's still wants out. Well, call me Johnny. Sell. Call me Johnny because I'm sweeping sweeping the leg, bitches. All right. <laughs> Soup. Uh, yeah, I guess my biggest takeaway, and it'll go into the you know our next talking point here is, I feel like scoring across the board is down in the league. I was looking at some numbers this year. I mean, three uh, weeks into the season this year compared to last season. Um, 
we don't have anyone, or I shouldn't say we don't have anyone. We only have uh, one. Actually, you know, we don't have anyone who cracked 1,200 points. Last year, we had a few teams that were over 1,200 points. We only have actually <clears throat> five teams that cracked 1,000 total points. Now, when you're talking about matchups, where last year we had much more than that. Uh, your thoughts on why scoring may be down in general? Ah, uh, well, didn't we do some scoring changing as far as like maybe turnovers and stuff like that? That may have affected that a little bit. Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, uh, I think we we bumped up uh, turnovers slightly. I think they were at like minus two. We moved it to minus three. Um, but we did, uh, you know, offset it a smidge. We did add the kick return yards and punt return yards for positive yardage. So. Um, but you don't think it maybe is to something along with just the game, the games in general? Uh, well, I think a lot of it, a lot of it is, uh, well, I guess this kind of happens every year though, is a lot of guys aren't seeing four quarters yet, three or four quarters yet, and they're blowing teams out. So they're not. And then you got that, uh, coupled with the games that have been canceled due, due to the hurricane. So you, you had a lot of guys there and then guys that were started in lineups that were postponed, uh, like the Nebraska, uh, Akron game. Uh, and then so far, we're not seeing any of these super teams built like we have in years past. I know it's coming. It'll eventually come. Say if I yep. lose and loses and we start to sell, you'll start to see those super teams and it's going to drive those averages up. Friend, um, how much do you think the new college rule where the, these coaches can play freshmen up to four weeks, you know, to get their feet in the water and still save the red shirt is affecting it. I mean, I think you see teams like Georgia, Clemson, and really a lot of teams that are going like, it's not just two running backs in the committee. You're talking about three, four guys are getting touches in the backfield. Most of these games here that are blowouts. Yeah. Do you think that is playing any impact? You know, you're seeing a lot more wide receivers being rotated in. Um, You know, do you think that has anything to do with uh, maybe scoring being down? Well, I mean, I agree with your observation that there's a lot of rotation, especially at wide receiver. It's so frustrating with fantasy compared to two, three, four years ago where you could find that bell cow wide receiver that was going to get 15 targets, nine receptions. But I think the redshirt thing is going to be at the end of the year. I think you're going to see that in the last three games in the bowl game um, or the last four games in the bowl game, however it works. I think that at the beginning of the year, people are going to, you know, try not to run a freshman out there unless they have to and then at the end of the year start trying to get them seasoning for the the next season but i don't think that's really what's affecting our fantasy scores i think with our fantasy scores i think there's a lot of parity between our teams i mean as soup just said a couple minutes ago there's a big jumbled mess between the four and two teams and the three and three teams and then obviously one one and five team that's holding out hope for no reason um and I think that, that there's just a lot of parity between our GMs. I mean, just I mean, they've gotten smarter. People are starting to figure out how to, you know, how to prepare keepers, how to acquire picks, things like that. And, you know, watching last year just from afar as I was tanking, I mean, GMs are doing a lot better job than in years past. And I think that's what's causing this sort of log jam. And I think trades will really determine in the coming weeks, you know, who is going to be those heavy hitters. Yeah, I, I would I like to you, congratulate Fran, and that answer alone, he has topped Jiga's performance in the first two weeks combined. So, 
back off, Chiga. Chiga, you know, Chiga had to deal with the sexual tension between the two of you. That's why it was a little. I mean, you know, I get, I get it with him. I mean, you see this. You see, you know, Banks' beautiful hairy chest. Soup is playing the guitar, singing country music, and it gets a little awkward in here. It's ambiguous and gay between the two of you. So, you know, back off the kid. He should be invited back on the podcast asap. Well, listen, he wasn't disinvited. We just want to get some fresh voices and get some uh, new perspective into the league. I think Jigga did a great job. Uh, he, we we had him on the first two weeks. That was about two weeks more than I actually wanted him to be here. But still, you know, we had him for two weeks. Um, but, yeah, he's always welcome to call in or, you know, hop on and be a, co- a co-chair again. I mean, I think he did a really good job. I mean, it's I gotta... it's it's opening yourself up. It's showing some personality. And, you know, it's it's diving into some talking points. I think last week's podcast that he was on that we lost him, um, I think he, he started to grasp a character. And I think you started to see his humor. And then, you know, Soup with the mega troll completely cut us out of the entire podcast for about an hour and 90 minutes. So um, we got to hear that beautiful Texas uh, raspy voice there, but we didn't get to hear the rest of us, uh, you know, meatballs trying uh, to uh, 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 it was uh, <laughs> It was a dadgum power play by me, baby. And uh, you got to appreciate, you got to appreciate the hustle from Fran sucking off Jigga. He know he's got to keep that farm team strong and that relationship strong. <laughs> So he can keep those players flowing from each team to France team. So, yeah, all right. We, we know how you feel, dog. <laughs> uh, Fran, I'll, I'll throw another one at you here. I, you you briefly touched on it in the beginning. You were saying that you thought the your that uh, lovely division, that that West division was starting to pull away. Uh, specifically, did you do you see a team that's starting to take a step forward to, to separate itself maybe from the rest of the pack? Oh, easy. I mean, 20s team. I mean, I love Greg Dortch. That guy is just, he's an animal. I mean, unbelievable. And then to do that without, like I said, Karen Higdon, I mean, yeah, I was like, you know, I was like, man, I don't know if I should have gone in with trying to make some trades because the 20s team just looks like it's going to be a beast, especially if you have Fitzgerald putting up 58 points. You have, I mean, he's been able to navigate a really bad running back by committee at Southern Cal. I mean, I thought that that Stephen Carr trade was one of the bigger trade rapes of the 21st century. And lo and behold, was his name? Cedric Ware is carrying a good bit of that load. And so for 20s to be able to navigate a bad trade and still come out as what he's a leading scorer. No, he's the second leading scorer right now. I mean, that's a pretty damn good GMing job. So I think he's clearly the alpha of the league. Um, if I were him, I would definitely want to off myself if I did not win the division. And But we'll see. I mean, there's a lot to be determined. If Heaps would ever respond to a trade inquiry, a lot could be changed in you know, a matter of days. But right now, I think we, that, uh, 20 is that alpha. I think I think we're going to touch base on on Heaps here in a few moments when we get to our next section of the podcast. Um, but Soup, um, you know, uh, you heard Fran's take. Uh, anything else or anyone else uh, jump out at you for the week? No, um, I mentioned last week that the top, top two guys in the East or two of the top three, at least, that I thought that the it was kind of they were kind of a paper champion at that point, quote unquote paper champion that there, I didn't think their teams were all that good even though the records indicated that they might be pretty good. So I thought they would fall back and you would see guys that were under them uh, kind of move their way back towards the top. And even though my team didn't, I think we saw that with you, uh, that you actually may have uh, the top team in the East currently. So uh, there's a big jumbled mess there in the middle. Uh, I think you got 20s up top. 
uh, Fran and O are kind of knocking on the door on that as well as you, but everybody else is kind of together. And then you got the guys at the bottom, you know, me, Jigga, Trophy, and uh, Corky at this point. Yeah, I uh, just touching off, uh, uh, touching on what Fran said about 20s team. It does, I, I get that feeling about. 20s team at this point as how I felt about my team last year where it it was just going to get like it was just the GM that was going to stop it or maybe just a fluke and I felt like my team was clearly the best team last year for the majority of the league and I feel like I'm, I'm with Fran on this I think 20s team uh, is probably at this point the best team in the league uh, obviously rec- record wise at 6-0 and with the points per game it's showing there but I don't think there's a huge gap either though from you know, 20s to Fran um, and, or 20s to O, though O's recent trade may, you know, change that up a little bit. But I think, you know, the top four or five teams in the league are still very close. And again, like Fran knocked it out the part. I, uh, trades will play a big role um, yeah. moving forward. Uh, teams I, who. Uh, I mean, I, let me add, let me add something oh, about 20s. Go ahead. Yeah, go I ahead. mean, for me, you know, the Jamar Jefferson thing is going to be an anomaly. Is that going to carry him through the playoffs? It's hard to say. I mean, when Artavis comes back, I mean, what does that do? He really needs to call in some reinforcements with trade trade market, if there is one. It's, it doesn't seem like there is one at this point. But, you know, but like you said, I mean, I agree with you. I just, I don't, I think there's a little bit left to be written. Unlike you last year, other than you getting upset. I don't think that there was a lot to be written. I think you you had it, you know, from front to front to start. Whereas with twenties, yeah. I think that he's got a little bit left to do. Yeah, I I think he um I think he like you said there are there's a little bit of uh there's still some some growth in that team. Uh, there's still some room for improvement. I think he took a little bit of a hit. I thought he I think he thought uh, Cam Martin would be play a bigger role, but it looks like that might not be the case moving forward. What happens with Stephen Carr um, at USC if he's going to start getting more touches as he gets healthier? Obviously, he was banged up a lot of the um, summer, spring into summer. So we'll see how that also affects him. Um, you know, but again, like you said, uh, Fitzgerald is probably going to be the bell cow in this league at quarterback, um, and we've seen you know quarterbacks. Really really play a critical role. Uh, Lamar Jackson in years past, obviously Fitzgerald went off last week. Um, you know, when they play top opponents, will he still produce at that level? I guess that's where we're going to see. They're going against a pretty decent, eh, solid Kentucky team. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where, where his points per game is this week. Um, soup, uh, you know, you know where I'm going to go with this, but teams who are on life support, you've, you've touched on a team, a couple of times already, but uh, outside of maybe your own squad that you've discussed, anyone else on life support this week in a must-win or you know needing to go two and zero situation? I think I'm by far in the most dire situation. But an uh, uh, addition to me, I guess Ward would probably be the other guy. Uh, I think he's sitting at three and three right now. He he's the kind of GM that if he's not doing well midway through the season, I think you're going to see him sell off and start to trade his players. And I think he's mentioned as much in chat. So uh, I think us two, and then maybe, maybe tackies to a lesser extent. Um, I'm not sure what, what all he has going on with this team right now, if he's even trying to buy or if he's uh, just kind of content where he is right now, maybe selling off here in the future. So I'd say those three te- those three teams. Uh, Fran, you want to add on to that or anybody else that you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the 
the triumvirate. Uh, I mean, three solid GMs, but Ward, Jay, and Soup, they have got to uh, start seeing some sunlight. Uh, otherwise, I would fold. I mean, Takis, Takis, I don't know how to say his name. By it's the way, taxes. he should clarify that. Let's give him Taxes. There you go. Um, you know, I don't know what he's doing, but he, you know, he. I think if he were to be a player in the trade market, he could make a move. But if I were him, I would keep an eye towards the future. I mean, he isn't he the defending champ? I mean, I would I'd be content with that and just start looking towards next year. It's just it's going to be really competitive if you're in that three and three scrap. I almost to feel really separate. I almost feel like you could tell um, who Fran has had uh, at least preliminary 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 uh, trade talks with because he's kind of pushing some guys to start selling uh, <laughs> taxes being one of them. I, I agree, though. With well, you. let me I tell think, you. I, I think taxes let me tell you the team year, I wrote down. Yeah, go ahead. Go continue. ahead. No, no, no. Go oh, ahead. man, the team I wrote down, the team I wrote down. It would surprise you. But I honestly think the team that had the worst week and that needs to do something is Burt. I mean, no one's talking about that. Bert got sucked off week one by you guys on the podcast. This podcast, he prays on him week two. And then he goes there and he continues to stay undefeated. But look at his point totals. I mean, there's a lot of red flags. Uh, I mean, you, need, you need to go back and check the tapes. I've never once sucked off Bert on this podcast. And I, I'm, I'm All right, well, sorry, sorry. sorry. I, I couldn't really see I, I exactly. couldn't really see you when the camera was panned on Banks on his knees sucking off your roster. So, my bad. <laughs> but, I mean, you lose Rodney Anderson, arguably the top fantasy running back, and you don't do anything to try to salvage that position. I mean, I like the Kadri Allison pickup. I do. I mean, we'll get to Brian Edwards in a second. But he's in a Damian Harris running back by committee. Um uh, you know, there's just not a lot of depth on that team. If he gets one more bad injury, this guy could go from six and zero to maybe not make the playoffs because whether it's Ward, Jay, or Soup, one of those teams is going to emerge, and they could easily catch up catch up to him. I mean, there's a lot of games left to be played. I, I will say this: um, I do agree, Bert. Uh, there's there's some moves to be made. I think with Bert, uh, it. Soup Soup called it out though last week. I will say this: he he did call Bird out as being a paper champ, and so and he yeah, and he did touch on enough. it earlier on in this podcast. So I will, you know, uh, I give Soup a lot of shit, but he was on. He was back on that the Bert. fuck off, friend. Back the fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> so Bert 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 is our paper paper champ leader, but um, I think I think last year I, you looked at taxes squad and you're like uh why is he not selling why is he not buying what's he doing what's he doing what's he doing and all of a sudden he caught fire he made it into the playoffs you know i think he was like one of the wild card teams he got in once one of the last weeks and then he went on a fucking crazy run um maybe he's that's his game plan i don't know um yeah. i don't know if you consider hebes uh, still a competitive um and, and we'll touch on hebes here in a moment but uh, in deeper but he, he's two and four he's not selling doesn't look like he's buying, so I guess maybe he's buying time to see what he does this week. So I would say Hebes is my life support in the West and on the in, in the East. Obviously, I mean, there's just no question about it. Um, if we're talking about life support, do or die, the only team that is it falls under that category at this point would be Soups. Uh, for me, Soup got to go two and zero this week. If he even goes one and one, pack that shit up. It's 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 a uh, it's selling season. So um, I can't even you hear know. you right now. I'm in my casket, dressed in black. <laughs> Don't face me. 
Scott Frost <laughs> picture on your chest. Uh, so uh, we did. We're we're here. We're talking about making moves. Uh, obviously, let's touch on some of the moves that got made. Uh, we had three uh, significant deals this year, this week. Um, let's start off with Bert's for uh, the first deal of the week, which was Bert. He sent a second round pick next year to Trofe. Uh, Trofe sent him Brian Edwards, uh, U.S. Uh, well, South Carolina wide receiver, and a tenth round pick. Um, Fran, you want to touch on that trade? Your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I obviously know a lot about South Carolina guys. I mean, it's just it's, yeah, you do. It's, well, I mean, no, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I've seen their team a good bit, and uh, I mean, it, it could be a good trade. It could, but I'd put the chances of it being thirty percent. And when you're you're making moves, um, you want a little bit better odds than that. I mean, he's gonna have to compete with playing time, or not playing time, but uh, targets with Debo Samuel this year. And then next year, does he lose Jake Bentley? That's my question. Um, I think it's I think it's a move that you look towards the future with. I think it's a next year move. I don't necessarily see it as a play for competing this year. And then you know, with South Carolina, I mean, what's the offensive coordinator situation? They laid an egg week two. Um, it's just not an, it's not one of those Big Twelve offenses that you really want to buy stock into. So. You know, I, you know, it's 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 not like he paid a, a big price for um, Brian Edwards, but like I said, it's not someone that I'm instantly plugging into my starting lineup and expecting major dividends. Yeah, um, I will say this um, about Brian Edwards: if he's made that trade with an eye onto next year, he's shit out of luck because Brian Edwards is probably one of the top wide receiver and prospects that is most likely going to end up. I would guess going pro um, as far as targets, you're completely right on the season. Edwards has 14 targets. Dabo C, uh, Samuel has 22. So, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a gap in between that. Um, but 11 of his completions has gone for touchdowns for Edwards. So there is value there. He's a red zone target. Um, Soup, your thoughts on the deal. Yeah, I think you're kind of seeing a perfect storm here of nobody selling at this moment and people mm-hmm. desperate to make moves. And that's exactly what Bert did. And even me, I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of people selling right now. And with the urgency to make your team better, I think that's what we saw. And he maybe gave up a little bit than he lived a little bit more than he should have for a player of Edwards caliber. Uh, he's a talented player. Like you said, he's a top prospect in next year's draft. If he were to declare, uh, he's got definite potential to, uh, to put up big numbers, but he's sharing targets with Samuel and an offense that's really not known for passing the ball. So, uh, I mean, he needed to make a move. He made a move. There wasn't a whole lot of moves to be made, so you got to kind of applaud him for getting something done. At least he's not sitting there stuck but, in neutral. But, Soup, at 6-0, and oh, don't you think he had the wiggle room to be patient and wait out a No, a fucking or, 20 uh, seconds ago you were talking about how he was 6-0 and oh, and he was in danger of not making the playoffs. Well, I mean, but he still got room in the division because, I mean, what he's got a two-game lead. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I did, I did think he needed to make a move, but he needs to be pounding on Heaps's door and telling him to quit posting pictures of Notre Dame games and respond to trade inquiries. I mean, that's what I maybe would say he, about may, maybe he is. I mean, I, I know I've yeah. hit up Heaps. I know several other have hit up Heaps. Maybe he's in the uh, same right, well, boat. That, 
let's let's dive into Heaves here because he's been mentioned now three times <laughs> by all three of us on separate occasions. So obviously this motherfucker has been in contact with some of us. So let's let's lay out Heaves on the on the platter here of the guys who are you know tank in that tank market, right? Um, or in that sell-off market of what's left, you know, tr- you know, Trofe had the, you know, the best players that were left. He yeah. got rid of his guys early in the week, correct? Then you go and look at the at the market. Eh, Texas is probably not in that sell mode yet at three and three. Heebs is, Corky is. Well, you look at Corky's roster, there ain't a goddamn thing on that roster that I would give up <laughs> anything for. So like, I call I, it I'm the sorry. Terry Shiva of rosters. I, I, mean, I, mean, that, I mean, that thing has no life to it. <laughs> No, it's 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 pathetic. And like, dog, like your roster's shit. You know it's shit. Why are you not picking up freshmen right now? Like, you should be picking up any freshman with that has even a fucking heartbeat and just rostering them with the pro hopes and prayers that they take over for some senior next year. Like, and he ain't even doing that. He's just like, oh, fuck it. I got a bunch of shit, and I'm just gonna lay in this shit, and I don't really even have seven keepers. But we're just gonna we're just gonna keep it the way it is. So I know nobody's been knocking on Corky's door. There's nothing there to get. And then you look in the west and you got jigga and he's all he's he's already tanked out and and maxed out soup's not selling and nobody else is so the market is thin with the exception of heebs now i'm me personally i've reached out to heebs well let me just say this heebs reached out to me and was asking me my opinion on a few players and so i gave him my opinion on said players and once i knew that he was what the fuck is this shit I'm just saying, he just came to me and asked me. I, I gave him my opinion. And and once I, you know, had that conversation, I took that as, okay, he is looking to sell. So about a half day later, maybe the next day, I reached out to Heebs and said, listen, these are three guys, four guys. Here's a you know, a couple guys on your roster. We know, I'm interested. We know in. who they are. Yeah. And if you're selling, hit me up. Well, it's yeah, after after hours. I already after I already shit on all the other prospects being offered to you. Let me give you my opinion on why. No, my I didn't. Are better than I did not. Guys. I did not shit on them. I I did not shit on them. I have I I, I got the receipts. I can post them once yep. all the trades are post. done down the road. Post. I will post them. Yes, Heaps, we got. If you're it gonna have someone for advice. Come to someone that's won the league title in the past four or five years. Okay, these two. <laughs> Just Wait, fucking, whoa, don't, come, come to me. Come talk to me. I will give you the best advice. Oh, you also man. talking to a guy that went like 0 and 19 last year. So yeah, okay. Yeah, by design. Yeah, yeah. A grain Corky, of salt. Corky can't, Corky can't even go 0 and 19. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, shit. You know, <laughs> you took a. I mean, but even your tank off wasn't original because Ward did it before you. So I mean, it, it is what it is. True. Um, <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, so it's been 72 Dude, hours. Since, what were you going to say about since, it? Since, since heaps hit me up. So maybe he's been in more communication with soup soup where you stand on, on the whole Hebrew yeah. thing. I think honestly, I mean, our history with them being in the sim league together, we know how difficult it is to get trades done with him. So we already knew that coming <laughs> in. I honestly <laughs> just think. He do, he hadn't seen anything that he likes as far as offers. Well, actually, I know it is because that's what he told me. <laughs> so uh, this is just recent breaking news. He has not liked any of the offers. None of them have blown him away. That's why he has not accepted a trade to this point. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Fran, your thoughts on Heaps? Because you've, you've mentioned him yeah. twice on your own. <laughs> I mean, you know, Heaps, if you can pants me right now, just hit me up and I will give you what you want. I mean, I'm, I'm reaching out to you right now, but I don't understand. Like, do you, you know, you, we don't ever do transactions. I basically, 
you know, have Jiga out there to do all my deals with, you know, I mean, just tell me what's going on. Just message me one day, you know, subtly on group me, send an emoji if you want. Just tell me what's going on. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've told heaps what I have available. I haven't made a concrete offer, which I guess might be on my plate, but you know, usually these things are, you know, you know, they're done methodically. And I mean, I've told him, you know, that I have people available that other GMs have reached out and said, I want that asset of yours, Fran. I want that asset of yours, Fran. And I offer it to heaps and I guess he's going around to soup and saying, Fran's shit's trash. So I don't know. That's all I got to add, but just respond. You know, that's a, that's courtesy. Just respond. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. you. I'm with you. Don't be a, a fucking ignorant ass prick and not respond to messages for 72 hours. Uh, yeah. If you're going to come to somebody out of the blue, I mean, I haven't talked to Heebs and dealt with Heebs in fucking years since I left the Sim League. I saw a text. I saw his name pop up, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? It took me a second to realize that that was his real name and that it was Heebs. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, that's who's hitting me up. I'm like, why are they talking about these fucking random-ass players? All right, now now I know what we're talking about. But needless to say, I think we touched on Heebs. Let's touch on another yeah. trade. We're going to go and – um. Get uh, your perspective on this soup. We'll let you go first because it involves you. Uh, you sent a third round pick because um, you refused to die to Trof uh, for uh, Olamide Z-Man. I'm not going to pronounce his last name. And a tenth. Uh, your your thoughts, your rationale behind this move. It was just another situation where actually yeah, this is what happened. Trophy messaged me and was like, hey, uh, I got an offer for OZ for a thir- uh, for a fourth. And I said, I'll give you a third. And he said, all right, deal, send it. <laughs> and that was, it took about 20 seconds to get that trade done. So uh, I think he kind of knew I was looking to buy because I wasn't really no- willing to roll over and die at this point. So once he got his best offer he was getting, I think he came to me and he knew I would match it. And that's that's what, how that went down. I know Fran's kind of got a story of dealing with Trophy involving this trade. So maybe hit him up and see what he thinks. Yeah, uh, where where are you at on the on the whole uh, trade, uh, Fran? Ignore Soup has a one in five record and is not gonna win the league. Um, I think it's an excellent value trade. I mean, the guy is going to be a volume target wide out. When we just talked, you know, earlier in the podcast, that it's hard to find those guys. It, there's so much wide receiver rotation these days. I mean, I understand he's, you know, a short guy, but, and I mean, you know, Bryce Perkins could be that type of quarterback that's going to vulture the touchdowns. I mean, is he, you know, there's a lot to, I mean, I love that Perkins pickup, by the way, but uh, is it'll be interesting to see how that UVA offense unfolds with Perkins at quarterback. But I think right now, I mean, Zacchaeus, third round pick, especially if you intend to compete, that's a, you know, I mean, thirds aren't really what, people go for in trade deals. I mean, it's the first and the seconds that are really going to get you over the finish line. And I think that it's a, you know, it's an excellent value trade. I think the soup did a great job in that. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I lowball a trophy because I don't have, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm sort of got my toes in the water. And so I had told, I had told a soup prior to this podcast that I had messaged trophy and we were just generally talking about how it's just tough to get GMs to respond. And then, Soup's like, LOL, bitch. He responded to me in 15 seconds. So that's all there is to that story. Well, I'll put my perspective on this. Um, Both Brian Edwards and uh, the Z-Man I made an offer for um, 
back, I think, the first or second week of the season. Um, and I offered a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and to keep a young uh, freshman um, in the deal. And I was told that he felt like he could get a better deal later on in the season. Um, mm, amazingly enough, I wasn't even approached to see if I was still interested in those two guys. <laughs> wow. And, and wow. the deals got done without me even knowing. Um, so I think – uh, he got the second, but I think the total package of my third and fourth plus the two young guys that I was offering might have been a better deal for him, uh, you know, if you just would have came back and, and knocked on the door. But, you know, it is what it is um, at that point. Fred and, I, the, Fred and I talked earlier before the podcast uh -huh. started, and we were talking about how I think relationships factor in a whole lot when talking trades in this league and guys you're close with, you're almost willing to give. A, a brother-in-law discount and i think that might be a situation where you saw a couple of gbr guys getting together and getting a deal done pretty quickly oh yeah absolutely i think that that plays yeah. out uh i mean i think that plays out in any uh any aspect where you're you're talking negotiations and trade whether it be sim league or fantasy sports uh um you know just anything i mean i think you and i did a madden league last year soup and that and we worked out trades between us really easily um, where it was like pulling teeth with some other guys. And it's just because we have a better relationship and and it is what it is. Um, at that point of the season, I mean, at that point of the week, uh, Trophy had moved Brian Edwards. He had moved Z-Man. And at that point, you thought, well, I mean, that's just about every asset he has. Except then he made another deal. And this one was with O. Um, this was probably the, the big news uh, item of the week as far as trades were concerned. Uh, o sent uh, to, to Trophy um, Jordan Tamu. Uh, we've talked about him at the end. We thought it was the worst deal to date for Jigga. Um, and then he gets traded a week later. Um, uh, with addition to that, he traded Jalen Ragor, TCU wide receiver, a sophomore. And in return, O got Eric Dungy. Um, I think some of us were vocal in chat, but let's get it on tape. Uh, Fran, I'll let you hammer it out first. Your thought on the deal. Yeah. I mean, I love Rager. I had no clue he was available. Um, Prior to the draft, he's a guy I would have definitely gone after. You got Brian Edwards' draft stock. I think Rager's draft stock is should be up there. Um, and then the Dungy thing. I mean, it's a it's just so risky. I mean, you know what you have with Teamu. You know that you're gonna put up points. I mean, a lot of these SEC defenses are not equipped to deal with what Ole Miss is doing on offense. I think their offensive coordinator is from Sam Houston State. He's running just that Texas air raid. And with Dungy, while you do have the running potential, I mean, he can't stay healthy. I mean, I don't even think he made it through the FSU game. And I just – I wouldn't touch that. I mean, you know, I, I had Kyler Murray available. I thought that he – that would have been a better pickup if he wanted to move off Teyama. I don't think he should have. His assets should go towards field position players. But, yeah, I, I, I think the Rager, putting in Rager in that deal is just the kick in the nuts. But why Dungy? Yeah, well, I will say, if I, I mean, go ahead, finish up. <clears throat> no, no, I'm done. Okay, uh, Soup, uh, uh, let's get you in here before I chime in. Uh, your thoughts on the deal? Well, I think you saw why it happened in chat. Oh, mentioned that he hadn't been following college football this year. So on the God surface Jesus alone, Christ. so on the oh surface, you see, I you love see, you. Bro. I love hey, you. Hey, I'm getting Eric Dungy. Uh, this guy was the top point getter last year, and not knowing anything else, you're like, yeah, okay, I'll make that move. I'm really not giving up much of value. I mean, Rager's a sophomore. He's got 
sophomore, he's got huge potential, but he's not really putting up huge, huge fantasy weeks, something that can't be replaced. So maybe in his mind, that's why he made the trade. But I mean, fast forward or rewind to this past Saturday where Dungy's throwing the ball and then coming up, grabbing his arm because it hurts. Yeah. And then l- later on, you hear that he was benched in the second half because of a turf pellet got in his eye and they had to drop uh put drops in his eye to dilate it and that's why he stayed in the, in the i mean i'm not buying that shit so i mean he's always injury prone that's a huge risk you had a guy like tammy in that offense who even if you're not talented with those kind of receivers you're gonna put up decent numbers so uh it was a real head scratcher for me and i know it was for you as well uh, yeah, I mean, this is my thing. Uh, I think you touched on it uh, and it's kind of evident at this point. Dungy is often injured last year. It, pro- it proved it, um, throughout his career. It's kind of been the case, uh, this year, first game of the season against, uh, that, you know, hard hitting ultra athlete, athletic, uh, two lane defense. He actually got hurt and had to miss an entire quarter, um, and returned back to the game. Uh, and now fast forward to the third week of the season against FSU and he got dinged up again. Um, when the dudes hurt two out of three weeks and it's significant where he's missing action, I think that's a huge red flag. Um, Jordan not performing against Alabama's defense is not a red flag. I think there's going to be very few quarterbacks that are going to put fantasy numbers up against that Bama defense. It's just on another level. I don't think there's anybody else in the SEC that's going to really slow down the Mississippi offense. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Your your Georgia Bulldog team uh, lost a lot of talent. Um, and until they prove it, I, I'm not buying it. So, like I said, Bama is head and shoulders. They just they're just a fucking football factory. Doesn't matter who they lose every year to the draft. I know, I know, I know, I know. At least I'm not throwing, you know, a deep bomb to break cover two here. So, you know, we're 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 just we're just talking football right now. So with that being said, I, I think it's a bad deal. Uh I, I'm a huge I, I was on Rhaegar last year, drafted him, stashed him, played with uh, had him. I, I got a pretty good deal for him in the draft and got two high draft picks. But um I, I think he's a beast and I think he's a four year player. I don't think he's gonna leave early, even though he is a beast. I think his size um combo uh will prevent him from being an early entry kind of guy. I think he will be a four year guy. So there's a lot of value there. And I think that Jordan is a better quarterback long term than Dungey if you're just talking senior to senior. So I just don't I don't get the, I don't get the move for O. Um, him instantly coming in chat and being like, oh, I think this was a bad move. Oh, I don't watch football. Go fuck yourself. You can't come into chat every night, every every Saturday evening, late in the evening, and fucking stroke your cock to how your team played and then fucking make a shitty deal and say, oh, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, I don't know about football. Go fuck yourself. You can't have it both ways. So pick a lane and go with it. And and I'm trying to make sure that I don't say anything racist because, you know, we, we don't really want to touch on that subject. But uh, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Let's look at the waiver wire because there's such there's, a piece of shit, Banks. I, I know. I am a real fucking piece of shit. So before we, we dive into that, uh, I'm such a piece of shit that he reached out to me to go and have a, a fun gambling event with UEFA Champions League. But I digress. Moving on to the waiver wire. Fran, uh, some good moves, some good values. Uh, a guy that went for cheaper than you thought. Uh, some surprise, surprising, uh, anything that sticks out for the waiver wire this week. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come off the top rope. I actually think the best waiver move was Corky. I think the Sean Shivers move for just five waiver dollars was smart. I mean, I think that's a long-term play. I mean, Whitlow certainly looks like the guy. I mean, I told Jigga that Jigga 
was wanting advice on Auburn's backfield and he was about to make a really dumb trade. I, I'll leave that to him to disclose. But uh, I mean, I was telling him all this stuff about Whitlow and then you watch the LSU game at Shivers. He looks like he could be formidable. He's almost like a Kavante Turpin type, but is going to be more involved. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good long-term play, especially for a team that should be rebuilding, but is sort of drunk at the wheel right now. And then I like Ward's play for Damian Pierce. I mean, you know, it's sort of still hard to figure out what's a lot as far as waiver dollars. You know, I mean, I thought a lot was, you know, 70, but 44 for Damian Pierce, um, Malik Davis is out for Florida. It's the Mullen offense never truly features the running back. I mean, I know they had that one year with that one running back, but uh, at Mississippi State. But I, you know, I think that Damian Pierce, he was a guy that Bama and Georgia passed on that could be really high level. And I think that Ward made a good play, especially if he emerges early, because Florida is certainly looking for options. I think Mullen's going to give freshmen more run because he's going to trust his guys that he signed versus some of those leftover players from the last coach. Sure. If you're going to struggle, you're going to struggle with what you, you're bringing to the table versus what was given to yeah. you. It makes total sense. Uh, Soup, uh, anything stick out as a pretty good pickup for you this week in the waiver wire? Uh, Jacob wanted a shout out on this podcast. So I'm going to give him a shout out uh, for spending, what is that, 78 bucks on Isaiah Hodgins and DJ Dallas. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Wait, wait. I said, I said, I said good waiver moves. We're on the good waiver moves, oh, not the bad. shit one. Oh, man. I, well, I mean, I give Jigo a hard time, but then I got to go ahead and pile it on me as well. A guy I, I had as a keeper, Matt Colburn, on the season for Wake Forest. I was expecting a big season from him. I thought they would feature him in that offense. And after the first two weeks, it didn't really look like he was going to get the the bulk load of the carries that I thought he was going to get. So in an effort I'm uh, to make a move, I dropped him and I picked up his backup, the guy that had been seeing the, uh, the the majority of the carries as well as the goal line touches. And the moment I do that, like it's just like fucking my fantasy luck, it reverses. And he, he has a week that I thought he would be doing all season long. So I, I went out and uh, made sure to pick him back up this week and I spent 1050 on him. I don't know if anybody else was in on him. Uh, to me, it was worth it to get him back on my roster. Um, I really liked, uh, I think, Trey Watson. Texas could be a decent pickup. Yeah, I mean, he's a senior. But with Ingram Hurt there, uh, Watson appears to be unchallenged for that running back position. Uh, so going forward, he could be the bell cow in that system. I'm not sure if – I don't, we've, in Herman's offense, we really hadn't seen running backs been all that successful. But I really yeah. like Watson, and at 1550, I mean, maybe a little high, but I mean, he was able to get a guy that's starting and a guy that's going to get a majority of the carries, and those guys just aren't out there on the waiver wire. So to be able to get someone like that was worth it. And then I think there was someone here on the front page that I liked. It was oh, I liked your uh, your freshman pickup, Jalen Knox, the receiver from Mizzou. Yeah, uh, for only two, for only, for only only two bucks. Uh, it's not going to be a guy that you benefit from this year, but with the uh, hall graduating, moving on. And I'm not sure what their other receiver situation is. Uh, that guy could be, a, is a definite, definite future play. Uh, I'm not sure what they got behind lock either. 
or what they plan on doing with that offense when the, uh, Knox is gone. I know their coordinator now likes to run the ball more, which they had had really shown to this point. So that may change next year. But at two bucks, man, that's that was a hell of a steal, and I thought it was a great pickup. And uh, yeah. Corky as well. I thought I thought he had another uh, pickup. He mentioned Shivers, but also like the Zuber pickup, the receiver for K State. Uh, through three weeks, he's had two really really good weeks and then one bad week. But at seven bucks, I thought that he got the most explosive guy in that offense. And uh, we're sitting here shitting on Corky for not making plays. And he goes out and picks up two pretty good young guys right there. Yeah, I'm not a believer in either. Fuck them. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. Uh, my personal take, I like Knox. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of Missouri. Um, did watch them because they played Purdue. Obviously, I have an interest in the Purdue uh, offense moving forward for the foreseeable future. So I actually got to watch the majority, if not all of that Purdue game and Mizzou game. And I thought Knox was excellent. Um, Emmanuel Hall is just maybe, maybe my favorite wide receiver that's going to, you know, uh, that's probably going to go pro um, in this year's class. Uh, he's just so so electric with the ball, so fast. Um, you know, he's got quick twitch. He's a big guy. Um, I love Emmanuel Hall. But if he leaves, uh, there's that's wide open. I thought Knox was really smooth. I thought he played well. That's why I picked him up. And then I watched them run, and Soup mentioned it. The This OC might be wanting to be more run-heavy moving forward. I watched all three running backs run. Um, Demario Crockett is 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 a dead horse. They just should put a bullet yeah. in him out back and, and be done with it. Yeah, um, but Roundtree uh, did look decent, but I thought the best, like just running back, pure running back, was the freshman, uh, Tyler Beatty. And so I put no. a, a little – oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he was the best running back. And that's my opinion. That's okay. You don't have to agree with his soup. Um, $5. I, I just threw it out there. He'll just be a stash guy. I, I like him. Uh, moving forward, he'll probably get uh, at least – Well, why are you uh, making long-term plays when you should be competing? That was my thing. Like, Knox, for me, I had my eyes on him. But that's not a guy that if I'm, you know, four and two, second in the division, third highest scorer, why – I mean, like, yeah, at but some point my, you're going to run out of roster room. Yeah, yeah, true. But my take was I looked at the waiver wire this week, and I didn't see anything – Um that was really worth spending a lot of money. Uh, I think the most I spent was like five bucks on a guy. Like I, I, I just low level, I, nothing really stuck out. I know <laughs> Jigga, I mean, Ward spent $44 on that freshman running back, but you know, that's again, that's youth uh, soup spent $22 on Tony Jones, Jr. I'm not sold on him. Um, I think Notre Dame has uh, another running back coming back who was, I think the original starter. So, I mean, who Dexter back, Williams. Yeah. I think so. Is that who you're buying stock on, Dexter Williams? No, I'm not buying stock. I, what I'm saying is, it's I'm going to be a committee. Exactly. It's be a I'm committee. not buying it's stock be on Jamar Armstrong. It's going to be Dexter Williams, and then it's going to be college? What college Correct. is it? Yeah, but, but that's fine, Soup. That's fine. But like, I, I'm just saying. There's running back by committees that I'll invest in, and then there's running back committees that I'm not going to touch. I think Jafar Williams is probably the best all-around running back they have, but now he's going to be in a three-way, you know, split. So I'm not, I'm just not going to touch it. It's just the same way as we we looked at, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift, and you had Holyfield, you had Swift. These guys are just, they're just, they're eating each other, and so like that's just, you know, I'm not going to touch the even though Georgia's running back is, you know, their that depth chart is elite, but. 
nobody's sticking out. And so, and it, it reminds, and then you have like the Ohio, the Ohio state where Weber looks fantastic for two weeks. And then all of a sudden JK Dobbins was, was, was the, was the man uh, against TCU. So, I mean, it's just tough with it, with some of these things. I, I just, I'm not big on it. I didn't see anybody that was worth a lot of money. Um, I did like uh, Jay's pickup of Dylan Stoner. Uh, I thought that was a really nice pickup. He's gotten a lot of talk. Uh, he's second most targets in that Oklahoma State offense. It hasn't resulted in touchdowns, but the targets are there. I was really surprised when he was dropped last week. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I think 21 bucks for him is a, is a good pickup. Uh, outside of that, I didn't really see. I, I mean, Fran, do you, did you see some veterans that were worth picking up? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, no, you pick no, up I agree with you. The, the, pick, the pickings were just slim. They were slim. So they were slim. shit this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so no. I mean, I struggled. That let me explain. First of all, I wrote down for this podcast my worst waiver wire pick was or of the league was Trey Watson. So let me explain why I would waste fifteen dollars on that guy because I just <laughs> had this. I had to solidify the Keontae Ingram spot by saying I need a guy that you know I know is going to be able to be plug and play. I mean. He, Maybe get me six points, seven points, eight points. I mean, part of my problem, why I've had two losses, is that I have a lot of dead weight. And I've had, I mean, I didn't start a kicker one week, um, things like that. So that's why I did it. I totally expect to be cutting Trey Watson once Keontae Ingram comes back. But, I mean, I thought that was a terrible move. I mean, as far as uh, other bad moves, I think that's what you were asking me. Uh, yeah. DJ Dallas. Um yeah, the DJ Dallas thing, I thought about <laughs> him for a while, but I mean, you know, he's not the starter now, and you have Lorenzo Lingard in the shadows, Mark Richt, you know, he is going to be a committee, running running back by committee coach, do you really want to invest in a coach that has that philosophy, and I mean, he is, he is a high volume receiving threat as a running back he's a little bit of an Alvin Kamara I mean he was originally a uh, Georgia wide receiver commit so he's at running back now I don't know I you know 35 is just a lot but I it's as always said in the chat it's hard to gauge what is high value and what's a lot you know the dollar amount we're still figuring that out yeah soup your thoughts on on maybe some not so hot plays on the waiver wire this week well, apparently Tony Jones Jr. was a shit pickup. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, actually, I got something here I want to touch on. Uh, I'm going to give you two stat lines. You tell me which one you like better. Uh, 23 carries, 168 yards, or that's 7-3 a carry. Or 12 carries, 61 yards, 5-1 a carry. Which one's there? Uh, the second one would be the freshman Prince running back for Missouri that Banks is trying to crown as the most talented running back on that roster. And the first one would be Roundtree, the guy who's actually looked better in that offense. So, moving on. I will say now, that. I will say somebody, somebody getting more touches doesn't necessarily mean that they look better. I mean, right. I'm just so, talking so about the average. Sure. I mean, but the average would, right? I mean, I mean, if you if you get to run against a sieve more often than the other, it's very highly you get more chances to break more runs. So that's I mean that I mean sure the average plays out a little bit better. But when I'm watching a guy run the ball and how he hits the holes and how he shifts and he moves, I think there's more pure talent in that true freshman than there is on either of those two running backs ahead of him. No, I'm not that's saying that's hitting you, dog. That's Aquila's hitting you, dog. All right, bro. All right, don't argue with it. Anyone else you want to touch no, on? I mean, I mean, no, let me let me speak on the Crockett-Roundtree 
thing. Yeah, absolutely. Jump in. Roundtree's the, round the guy. I mean, it's clear. Sure. But if my hesitation about Roundtree watching him is, does he have that breakaway game-breaking speed? You want that in a running back. He doesn't. And I don't know if he's going to be a guy that you're going to get that 75-yard chunk play touchdown for, you know. Had a 60-yard run last week. Okay, I Purdue. We're Purdue talking defense. about. Or, uh, yeah. He has to play. He has to play the SEC. No offense to you two Big Ten guys, but that's not going to be happening this week. In a lot of weeks, he has to play. Yeah, Georgia, nobody. Bama, nobody puts up good weeks be. against Georgia defense or anything. I I agree with you. I love you right now. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I I, I think Roundtree's the guy. I need to cut bait on Crockett. I mean, Crockett was sort of just like whatever. Make sure no one else gets him when I traded for him. But that, yeah, Crockett's a, Crockett's a dead horse right now. Let me just say this: uh, I'm not saying that Beatty is going to take over. That's that's not what I was trying to say. And so, if that's what it came off as, I apologize. I'm just saying, as a long term play, I'm very comfortable with jumping on that hor- on that on that track right now because I feel like as the season progresses, I think he'll start to take Crockett's carries, and you're going to see him more in the offense. He's not going to be the number one back, but I think moving forward, it's it's a keeper play. And that's all that. I, I mean, for me this week, with the shortage of really guys that stick out, that were like really like, you know, salivating, I didn't see him. So I just decided to, you know what, let me, let me spend a couple of dollars here on maybe some long-term plays and see what happens, and then we'll see how everything yep. plays out. I feel like barring injuries, um, I think that most of the, the free agent talent at this point has been sucked up. And I don't think, I think we're going to get a lot more weeks where there's not very much on the, on the, on the, on the board. And so this was just me getting ahead of the curb, feeling that way and, and just jumping on some freshmen, especially with the likes of Jigga. And you're going to have some more sellers this week. They're going to go after these true freshmen, uh, you know, and, yeah. and try to scoop them up. And so and you'll before, be able to, you'll be able to market those freshmen to these exactly. GMs that they need to get their shit in order because they shouldn't be falling falling for your scams. I mean, <laughs> but what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to say, oh, Jalen Knox, he's going to be a must-own. That's basically a first and a second combined. And then Jigga is going to be like, here, take all my fucking prospects. And that's how it goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's not much sweet talking needed with Jigga. You just basically say, <laughs> here's what I'm giving you. And he's going to say, yes, sir. And then we post it and we're done. Um, you know, but maybe someone that you need to be a smooth operator against, you know, someone like Hebes, where you literally at some point have to pick up a phone and have a phone conversation, a three-way phone conversation to get trades done. I mean, it's that brutal at times. So, um, been yeah, there. That, that, been that, there. That, that, <laughs> that will come into play. Um, I just want to touch on on a, on a bad, a, a shitty pickup. Um, Forty three dollars for Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, I, I I don't I don't get yeah. it. Um, not in that offense. Maybe if it was more consistent, but I don't see that for forty three bucks. Save your money. I don't know if anybody even bid on on the dude. I mean, I'm sure they did, but at that dollar amount, I, I think it's a one week. I, I think in Oregon State's offense, you're going to get guys. I would trust the running back. I wouldn't trust anything else on on that on that team. Um, and then DJ Dallas, man, that's just ugh, like. Yeah. I mean, the guy to the guy to own if you're you're thinking about moving forward is Lingard, and he's already scooped up. So for me, DJ Dallas is is just a, a, a you know a non-starter there, a non-factor. And again, I'm gonna hold hold my hold down you know my my uh, feelings on Tony Jones Jr. Twenty two fifty is wasted dollars. Um, you could do it much better somewhere else because that running back situation for Notre Dame is not something that's enticing to me. Um, let's move forward. Let's look ahead, gentlemen. 
we we did a good job of looking in the past. Let's look in forward. Let's do a breakdown of the top matchups the week has to offer. And let's just start because, you know, I just did on chronological order according to my rundown. And I have two matchups here. We'll start with the first one. It's me versus Bert, uh, a battle of the top two teams in, in our division. Uh, the East, uh, Bert is at 6-0. and uh, He has 989 total points scored on the year. I'm 4-2 uh, with 1,093 points scored on the year. Um, going into this game, the, I have the line set at Banks is minus 10. Um, I'm going to give Soup first call here. Your thoughts on this matchup? Hmm, what it must be like to be at the top of the division. I can't even imagine what it's like anymore. Uh, <laughs> I think all three of us are really bearish on Bert's team that we don't feel he's as good as his record indicates. And I think that's what we'll see this week. Uh, you're really talented. Uh, I don't know how you did it, but you put together a team that puts up a lot of points. And I think you'll see that again this week. And I think you'll beat, you'll beat Bert and you'll cover. Wow. Very nice. Uh, Fran, your thoughts on the matchup. Yeah. I mean, minus 10, that's a, whoever is the bookie of this league did a good job setting that line. That's right on the button. I mean, you have Cornelius and Allison for Burt, possibly Antonio Williams, though I think the pit defense is a defense that you're going to want to pass on. And then you look at Banks' team, and you're just going up and down, and you're just – I mean, I think Hamler puts up a big night on Friday. Little Jordan, I just wanted to say that name. Um, Perkins, Scott, I mean, yeah, I think Banks should win this matchup. He should cover – but I could see it right on the button at 10. But I think this week where Bert finally loses his perfect record. Way to play both uh, sides on that bed, dog. <laughs> that's a, that's a, he's channeling his inner Jigga, playing both sides of the fence and taking no sides here. Uh, me personally, I'm like 500 more words than Jigga. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 500 more words to get to the same exact point. It's all good, bro. Uh, exactly. me, my biggest fear in the matchup is Emmanuel Hall. Uh, thankfully, he's actually going against that Georgia defense. Um, I hope that they can slow him down um, a little He'll bit. Be shut down. Uh, <laughs> it'll, if it'll, that's the no, case. I mean, I, yeah, we, we the Georgia defense will put our best D back on their best wide receiver. And what they will do is they they're gonna target a guy named Nate Brown, Mizzou will, on our true freshman uh cornerback named Tyson Williams. Or Tyson Campbell. Sorry about that. That's a South Carolina running back. But uh yeah, they will uh target another wide receiver and then obviously I think they'll be heavy in the run game. They're moving to a new offense with Derek Dooley. He used to be at Tennessee. And yeah, I think Emmanuel Hall, that's a bad play if I were Burt, but you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have a lot of other options. So Yeah, I, I feel like if Emmanuel Hall puts up a big game, it's gonna be very tight. And I think Burt can can be right there at the end. Um for him, for me, that's that's a sway because you know Cornelius against Texas Tech. Um and oh, also, yeah. you know, if you have an he has one, two, three guys going in that matchup. Um, I think they've averaged the last four meetings eighty-nine points combined. Uh when uh Texas Tech and Oklahoma State uh have met played the last four years, uh, eighty-nine points combined has been the average score. 
Um, it scares the shit out of me. There's going to be lots of points in that game. Uh, I think there's no question about that. Um, those guys are going to go off. So if you're playing a Texas Tech guy or a uh, Oklahoma State guy, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with you, and it scares the crap out of me. Stevie Scott's had two really good games, but he's gonna. This is going to be. They're going against a, a team made of men with Michigan State. Um, that's that's a little bit of a matchup, and I really I don't know what to expect from Wisconsin. Um, coming off their win. I, I think you're going to see a lot, a heavy dose of Taylor, um, but I also have uh, AJ Taylor. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes with that. But I, again, I, I think 10 points is a fair line. I think it's right where it needs to be. I think I should be able to win that game. Let's move on to the next matchup uh, again with just because of the way it's set up in, in my system. Uh, Jay at three and three uh, against me. Um, again, Jay on this season has put up uh, 825 points where I'm uh, at 1,093, Jay is three and three, I'm four and two. This is, uh, some have said a, a big week for him to produce. Uh, I have the line set at 22. Um, so, uh, J- cool. Fran, I'll let you go first. Your thoughts on on where we're at with it. I think I think Jay covers. Um, and it's no slight at your team. I've just talked about your team. I think it's got a lot of good pieces. Um, but I think that, I don't know if Jay wins. I mean, that's a different. The money line. I don't know if I go there. I I think that he he will get close to it. I don't know about. I mean, Dylan Stoner is going to be a great play this week, um, especially with Texas Tech. I think DeAndre Swift comes back in a strong way. I think Jalen Hurd has a big week. Higgins has a huge week. Love should Dobbins. He could be benched early. You know that two that two lane game is going to get out of control. I think the X factor for him is Khalil Tate. Does Khalil Tate give us type of game that we thought he should have been putting up, or does Oregon? I mean, it's on the road, so does Oregon State show a pulse? It could be, you know, we don't know what the weather's going to be like up there. It's Oregon, you never know. So, you know, that's the X factor in this matchup. If Tate gives us a forty point performance, that line's being covered. But if it's a Tate twenty. 25 point performance i think that uh you know banks wins comfortably super your thoughts uh i am going to take jay and the points and i'm also going to take jay straight up to win um i know you mentioned some matchups with your running backs this week uh, stevie scott versus michigan state and jonathan taylor against iowa I mean, Jonathan Taylor is going to be Jonathan Taylor. He's going to put up decent numbers, but he's not going to have – I don't think he's going to have one of those huge weeks that we're accustomed to seeing from him. And um, I really like the matchups for Jay's team this week. Uh, Fran touched on it a lot with Khalil Tate and then Bryce Love and then Hurd and Stoner. But I also agree on DeAndre Swift. I think this is going to be the week that we see him break out. Uh, That's going to be a game that – but, I mean, Missouri's probably get blown out late, but I, they're going to be competitive enough, to, I think, where DeAndre's going to have to play all four quarters. And then uh, you also have Jacoby Myers coming back for NC State against Marshall. Yeah. And then Hurd, I mean, that's just – I think it's – I don't think his team's better than yours, but I think this is a, a week where he's getting lucky with matchups going up against you where he's got very favorable – and you have a couple of guys that are going up against some stout defenses. So I've got Jay covering and Jay winning straight up. Yeah, my fear on this matchup, and it's um, Jay's team seems to be a volcano that's hasn't erupted yet. Has a lot of talent, but yeah. you know you haven't seen it all pushed together. And I feel like this is going to be that week that he pushes it all together. And and so the line is set just because of 
you know, just kind of the pure talent and where he's been scoring on average. But I feel like there's a good percentage chance that he, uh, you know, he punches above his weight class here and has a very good performance. My my um, only reason why I think I can still win this matchup is if Tate goes off in the air and not on the ground. Uh, he's probably going to do it towards point Dexter and I have starting point Dexter. So I can get a little bit of, I can cut into a little bit of his points. Um, so if it is by the air now, if he goes off and he goes prime Khalil Tate and he's on the ground and he's running these in and he's got three, four rushing touchdowns, I'm fucked either way. So, um, but I agree with you guys. I think you guys nailed these matchups, uh, this matchup uh, to the T there's not much more I want to add on to it. So we'll move on to the next matchup. And this is going to be our boy soup. We said it's a make or break week. And make or break it is. Uh, he's going against our boy Stex. Um, I have the line for this matchup at, uh, pretty close. I have it at s- a soup minus seven. Again, I know he's one in five. I know his points per game is lower. I know Stex has a little bit of a better, you know, on paper, the results have been better. But I still think soup is the favorite in this matchup. Uh, soup minus seven. Soup, where do you, where's your feelings on this matchup with Stex? Oh, man. I just don't know. Um, I'm not very big on my team right now. I, I was hoping to have another move done by di- by this weekend, and maybe that still gets done to improve my chances, but I'm, I'm, re- I'm relying. This isn't more Movich. Man the fuck up and defend your team right now. I can, man. I'm one in five. I've defended them too long. <laughs> it's it's time. I, I told you, I got one foot in the grave, man, with my team. Uh, this is I, I'm I'm trying I'm counting on a bunch of guys that haven't proved proved themselves this year. I know I've had some bad luck with the injuries and then with some cancellations, but I mean we're in week four now. That's not really an excuse. I mean everybody's had to deal with that. So uh, I'm I think this is the week that I finally put it together and I put up a big week. Uh, Stex got yeah. some really nice matchup, man. That Anton Wesley pickup that for him for Texas Tech. Uh, the guy's putting up huge numbers in that offense and looks to be Bowman's favorite target uh, early on in the season. Uh, he's also got daily on ward back this week. Not sure what the situation is with him. Uh, I think he said that he read that it was a handy issue. So that's why he's been out. So he's coming back this week against Oklahoma state. And then Scotty Phillips who had a down week against Alabama. A lot of running backs are going to have down weeks against that defense. And he comes back against Kentucky and I expect him to get a heavy, uh, workload against against that team and then sean robinson i think we're both fans of him uh he travels down to texas which could be a pretty stout matchup but i mean they've they've had a way of making some quarterbacks or mediocre quarterbacks looking really good so no 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 telling what's going to happen there uh i i think it's pretty close uh i like your line i think i cover and i uh i think i win by about 10 12 somewhere in that range uh, before I hit over to Fran, just I, I'm looking at this matchup and I chuckle because I feel like, um, you know, Stex has uh, Antoine Wesley and he's who mm-hmm. we thought TJ Vasher was going to be this year. And then you look at Nakeem Johnson and in, in a sense, he's who we thought Devin Butler was going to be this year. So, um, you know, Soup got the guys we all thought were going to be the money makers, and Stex ended up falling into the guys that actually became the money makers, um, or in part, uh, you know, more, um, you know, workhorses there. I, I don't like, uh, I think you're still the favorite because you're going to get Greer back, you're going to get Sills back. Um, they're going against that Kansas State defense, but but, you know, I still think they're going to put up plenty of points and it's good to have your 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 key guys here. Um, I don't really like the 
you know, Delion Ward, that freshman has been balling for them. Um, they said on Twitter before the game started that Ward was warming up and he should have played and then he didn't. Um, I, I'm iffy on that start. I, I, I'm not really uh, super in love either with uh, some of his other matchups outside of Scotty Phillips. I think that's a that's a good one. Um, Robinson against Texas. Texas showed some life against USC. Um, you know, I think you could – You. I mean, I guess – you know, it's not it's not a great love for me. Uh, Fran, your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think your analysis nailed it. I mean, for me, the matchup comes down to is it Vasher or is it Wesley? If it's Wesley, you got to go with Stex. If it's Vasher, I think Soup wins. Um, Butler, I don't know why Soup keeps starting that Dick Cannon's wide receiver, but, you know, that's why Soup's one and five. Um, Tony Jones has a tough matchup against <laughs> Wake. Wake. I told Sue I was gonna fuck with him. Uh, t- Tony Jones has a tough tough matchup against Wake. Um, uh, wait, how's that a tough matchup? Because Wake's defense. No, is I run all about for, stop, I run stopping the run. Against no, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, anyways, Colburn has a tough matchup against Cedric Dame. Same game. I think that your moneymaker, you can take it to the bank. Greer's or Greer Sills is going to put up. I mean, they they'll put up. What do you think, Soup? What do you think they're going to put up? What do you What are you expecting this week from just 60 those two? Sixty for Sixty. I think that's light. Wow. I think that's 40, light. 40 and twenty. Forty and twenty. I was thinking. I, think I, I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking close to seventy-five, eighty. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I I thought those two would put about seventy up. I thought seventy uh, was was gonna be their number. It's Kansas State in Morgantown. That's a long road trip. No, no, no. You got no. it. Uh, yeah. You got to inflate the totals because of that road trip, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I think this is your week's soup. I I just I feel like karma will be on your side. You made this. Oh, it's first of all, Banks. It's Olamide Zacchaeus. Um, Olamide Zacchaeus. Yeah, I think he'll be. I think he'll put up a nice point total against that Louisville defense. But yeah, I mean, it's all from. I think CD Lamb for Stex. I like CD Lamb. Um, I I don't know about Delion Ward. I heard it was a groin, or I read it was a groin, um, which could be. I, I think it's more nagging than a hamstring, and I think that the other the freshman, I forget his name, that uh Takis has Takis has. Henry. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I mean even if Ward is ba- daily on Ward is back, you got to think the freshman's going to get his workload a little bit of it and then yeah, TCU Texas rivalry game. I wouldn't want to touch that and if I were a betting person, I'd rather side with Will Greer going against Kansas State at home. Yeah. So give me give me soup in the points, but this could break Stex's way if you get a big performance from Wesley Lamb and maybe a Nikeem Johnson. I'm going to stick with you here, Fran, and we'll, we'll uh, touch on the next matchup here on my marquee matchups of the year. Uh, we're going to stay with Stex. He's going to play Jay, uh, uh, Jay Gabriel, uh, Youth Gone Wild, um, in another pretty uh, important matchup, especially when you're talking about uh, race for the division, race for the wild card. Uh, again, um, Youth Gone Wild has put up 825 points on the season. Burt, even though he's 6-0 and and on top of the division, really uh, is uh, at 989, so he's not setting the world on fire um, with points per game. Uh, your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, I have the line set at um, J-10. 
Uh, we talked about both these rosters, but I think I don't know. I, I think I like Jay here. That's a that's a tough line to get a read on. Um, you know, Stex has that Big Twelve flavor, which just is can be a you know huge point getter for you any week when you have all those Mike Leach offenses. But I just I think I'm a big believer in Jay's roster. I think Jay made some good moves. I know he took a little bit of a gut punch by this podcast by some of his moves but i think i like jay's team i think that jay just had a bad week last week and you know i'm i'm buying stock in what jay's got minus soup, 10. Uh, go ahead Sold. yep uh soup uh jay minus 10 where do you where do you fall on this i'm torn man i I got some advice for sticks, but I'm playing him so i don't know if i want to give him the nugget <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it anyways because I got the guy listed later. Uh, if I'm if I'm Sticks, I start John Lovett, the running back for uh, Baylor. They play Kansas this week. Uh, Hasty's got to sit out the first half due to a discipline uh, reason from that extends to last year in the last game of the Big 12 where he was kicked out of the game. So he's got to miss the first half of the first Big 12 game this year. So I think Love, Lovett could be a really sneaky play there. And if uh, I think that it bolsters his lineup a little bit, say over someone like, you know, what, uh, Tim Jordan or – maybe even like uh, Denzel Zims or, you know, one of those guys he could play with his roster in a lot of different ways. Uh, we touched on both these teams. I like Jay's matchups a lot this week. Uh, I've got Jay and I'll, I got Jay uh, straight up and I got Jay giving the points as well. I think he nice. wins by 15, 20. Yeah. Let's uh, transition to the next matchup here. And maybe it is the best matchup on the weekend. Um, you probably have two of the top three teams in the league. Uh, going head to head, or maybe two of the top four teams. Obviously, two of the top three in the West. Um, you have our Oh Hey There's four and two team with 1,090 points scored on the year, going against Fran's four and two squad, who scored 1,128 points on the season. I am so torn on this matchup. Uh, Vegas has the line set at three and a half for Fran. Uh, Soup, we'll let you go first and break down this matchup in your view. Uh, where do you see uh, this going? Just looking at the matchups, uh, they both I think both teams have some matchups that look very favorable, and then some that are that are pretty pretty tough. Uh, Dungey goes against UConn, and if he's healthy, he's going to put up a monster game. Uh, AJ Dillon going against Purdue. We saw how fucking useless that Purdue defense is last week, so I expect another. A.J. Dillon, big week this week. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I thought he was kind of a one-hit wonder after week one with the three TDs. But uh, he bounced back last week with another three TDs. So that guy has shown that he's uh, Costello. Was that Costello? Who's the? Yeah, Costello's. Yeah, Costello. Number, number one go-to. And they're going into Oregon. And it's going to be a high shootout game. So I expect him to get a lot of got a lot of looks. Biddy um, Snell's got a little bit of a tough matchup with Mississippi State. But Biddy Snell's going to get the touches. He doesn't have a whole lot of competition behind him uh, to fight him for touches. And then Trevion Williams has a has a tough matchup against Alabama this week. Uh, I've actually got him listed as a as a don't start, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, and then Harry Neal going on the road to Washington. Washington's defense has looked pretty solid so far this season. So I'm not Neal's a must start any any week just because he's that talented. Uh, but Fran, I really like Tua this week against A&M. Uh, we've seen how good Tua is this week. He's, he's good at running. He's good at, uh, or this season, 
He's good at running the ball. Yep. He's good at throwing the ball. And I think Texas A&M is good enough to hang around to where we'll at least see Tua play into the fourth quarter. So he's going to have an opportunity to throw the ball a lot there. Um, I got to give props to Fran for Etienne. Uh, we were kind of down on him last year. Thought our last week didn't think he was really showing. Hold what on, he was hold capable. on. Let me let me get the let me get the lube out right quick. Okay, continue, continue. <laughs> All right. I said, oh baby. I said Etienne, mm, Clemson. Uh, yeah. You guys were so harsh on that trade. I never got a chance to respond. I mean, we this is harsh. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's like, that's a running back by committee, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they were We playing. didn't say running back, Patrick. We said we had they had two, three guys getting carries. That's I not... don't know. I, I think I and think, let's not... I think comparing Etienne to Swift was where I lost you guys. I mean, exp- I mean, I don't know. Let's not go down that road. I've talked to you about it. But, yeah, I think the Etienne move is a lot different than DeAndre Swift. Well, let's pump the brakes a little bit. They played Georgia fucking Southern, all right? So let's not let's start let's start calling you Nostradamus at this point. All right, he's, he's well. In play. fairness, in fairness, you need to pump that chest and whip that dick out when you have the advantage because in college football and especially our league, you know that next week's results can be a motherfucker. So yeah. I, don't, I don't, you know, I'm okay with Fran doing that, but you know, like you said, soup with caution. We need to, to have a little bit of caution here because um, I don't think the the comparison between Etienne and Swift is that far off, to be 100% honest. Though I think Etienne is the better running back, um, where Swift is probably more better scat back. Um, you know, I still it, – it, it is what it is. Georgia Tech will be competitive. You know, we'll see We'll see what he produces this week. Uh, Soup, did you have more to, to chop on this – yeah, um, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really big on France starting running backs, or sorry, wide receivers Brown, Custis, and Martin. I think those are strong, strong. As that that might be as strong as starting three receivers as we have in the league, or it's at least up there. Uh, Eno's got a tough matchup. Tyrant, mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to get. Jekyll or Hyde, but they are playing tech, and they're good, so they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Uh, he's starting him and Wallace, so I think he's kind of hedging his bet, hoping that he has the one receiver that goes off for Oklahoma state. If you know, not both. So both. I like, I like, yeah, I like, I like the matchups for both of them. I think it's going to be close. Uh, did you give your line yet? I haven't, I didn't. Uh, well, I set the line at three and a half and I'll tell you why after you finish your, your, who's your the, who's the favorite. Here. Oh, I have a friend minus three and a half in the game. Okay. I'll take friend to win and I'll, I'll give up the points as well. Yeah. Uh, my reason, and I look at this matchup, I think O has, as far as matchups, who his guys are going against, I think he has the tougher matchups. Um, I think that Fran has the juicier matchups on the other side with the whole Texas Tech wide receiver thing, though he does have some that are a little bit difficult. Um, another reason, um, you know, where uh, another uh, advantage for Fran, uh, if Dungy is throwing the ball, he has Custis, again, that, that, choose into all the points that uh oh can and can uh you know capitalize on i personally think uh oh has a where i i think oh keeps in this matchup i think he has a massive advantage uh when it comes to the quarterback situation um texas a&m will be the first legitimate defense that um two is going to go against um i could see texas a&m trying to slow the game down not trying to toss the ball everywhere um, I could see this being more of a grinding type of game. Uh, I, I, that doesn't mean Tua is not going to be 
putting up points, but I just think that, you know, if Dungy doesn't, you know, shatter from being made of glass, I, I think O can keep it competitive. I do agree with you, Soup. I think O, I think Fran does cover. I do think Fran also wins. Uh, Fran, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the quarterback thing is definitely unsettled. I'm getting cute by setting my lineup initially with Tua because, like Soup said, I'm expecting a fourth quarter game. And whatever, where I've gotten burnt the first couple of weeks of this uh, campaign is Haskins and Murray getting bent. I guess I haven't played Haskins yet, but just, you know, they blow out their teams and are they playing the full game? Um, so I've still got to evaluate that. But for me, I mean, there's a couple matchups I just don't like. Obviously, Eno Benjamin against Washington. I think that's just heinous. Benjamin just, you know. I don't know. It's going to be a week. It's going to be a rough week for Arizona State on the road, Pac-12 after dark. Yeah, definitely. I think Tyron Johnson and Tylen Wallace both go off. That's what I'm banking on. I think that that's a good good bet to make too. I think both those guys have their yeah, best I, days I would, in front of them. Yeah, continue. I, I will say just this, uh, just one one of your matchups, Hollywood Brown against Army. That that game's going to get out of control quickly. Um, you know, he could be sat easily. Will he yeah. get enough touches? Will he get enough touches? Uh, yeah. You know, before the game gets out of line, who knows? Um, you know, that could be one of those things where they blow them the hell out, and he maybe only gets three targets. And you know what he does with that, you don't know. Um, and then I think your other outside of Benjamin uh, Tay Martin going against that USC defense. Um, they did pretty good. They've been doing pretty good on the year with the guys on the outside uh, receivers. They've struggled, especially we saw against Texas with the guys in the slot in, uh, against there. Tay is more of an outside wide receiver. So it'll be interesting to see um, what he does against USC. Uh, obviously for Washington state, this is a big, um, uh, a big step up against who they played to this point. Um, even though USC struggled with the the true freshman quarterback, they still have a ton of talent. They probably have more talent. They obviously have more talent across the board than Washington State. Better athletes. We'll see how they respond with this uh, this new QB in 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 a tougher matchup in uh, in Southern Cal. Um, you know, yeah. uh, Fran, uh, do you think you cover here, or where do you, where do you stand on the game overall? I mean. If I hit the if I hit the right mark on my quarterback, I think I got a chance. Um, but I I certainly wasn't expecting to be the Vegas favorite in this matchup. I think that you definitely give hesitation with Nikhil Harry and uh, Travion Williams. Their matchups are just brutal. And does Dun? I mean, I think Dungy gets it. I, I think what what separates though is that Dungy gets into a fourth quarter battle. The ACC is trash. Syracuse is a bad team, and I think that Syracuse will be in a dogfight. So it's a rivalry matchup from the Big East days. And I think I think I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but it really is. This is how bad the football is up there. Um, I think that Dungy puts up a monster game, stays in the game. His shoulder falls off afterwards, and then O wants to off himself for making that trade. But yeah, I call O to cover three and a half easily. Wow. Very ill. Oh, to cover three and a half. We're talking about a nail biter to the end. Then in that case, uh, Fran, just before we move on to the next matchup, uh, just give me a number percentage wise. How sure are you that two is going to stay your starter comes, you know, game time? Oh, low, low. I mean, yeah, low. I think that the, the person I'm debating between is Haskins. 
I think that, uh, you know, Kyler Murray has nothing to prove. And I think they want to keep Austin Tindall or Kendall, whatever his name is. Uh, I want, I think that, that uh, Lincoln Riley wants to make sure he gets a lot of run to one, prepare him for next year, but two, we're still within that four game mark and you're seeing players right now transfer. As we've been taping this podcast, Auburn's lost a wide receiver, Nate Craig Myers, because he wants to utilize the red shirt rule less than four games to play. So I think that Lincoln Riley is going to want to give his backup some run to make sure he knows that, you know, you're my dude next year. So I'm debating between Haskins and uh, Tua. And I just, the only thing about Haskins for me is does Urban Meyer, that slime bag, try to make a statement? Does he go for a 70 to 30 win and just leave Haskins in the whole time? I don't know. I mean, that's the only possibility, but. I think I think what Soup said initially about Tua is spot on. I think this is a fourth quarter game. I mean, you made a good point about Texas A&M slowing the game down, but it's at Bama. I don't know if Texas A&M can dictate the pace. So we'll see. Yeah, it's true. Real you, quick, I, I do. Syracuse, yes, Syracuse, Syracuse is 3-0 and just beat the shit out of Florida State. They can't get no love from fucking Fran. Calling them a shitty team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think uh, they're custom. <laughs> Victor J. Victor J. G. is turning over in his grave right now. Oh, he's probably calling you every four-letter word he can think of right now. Let's move on to um a soup second critical matchup of the week. Um, I have him. He is uh, facing Ward Dunn. Um, again, soup on the year is the fifth lowest scoring team at uh, 840 points. Uh, Ward is sitting at 950 points total. Uh, Ward's three and three. Soup is one and five. Um, I have this as Ward minus three. Another mm-hmm. super close matchup. Um, I'll let Fran take it first. Your thoughts? See, I think you know Fran O is a good matchup, but this Ward Soup, this just. This is going to dictate how the league plays out. One of these two teams is going to have to sell. I know I said earlier that Soup won't sell no matter what, but I think that if Soup were to take a L right here, he has to sell. I mean, so, yeah, it's a tough matchup. Um, let's go over Ward's team. We've already talked a little bit about Soup's. That Justice Hill matchup, I mean, I'm all over that in DraftKings. A.J. Brown, I think Miko Hardman. That's a good matchup for him. Jerry Judy, good matchup for him. I don't like having to start A.J. Brown and Jerry Judy together. I'd look, you know, I'd look around, maybe a Turpin. I think Turpin would be a good little plug-and-play right there, especially, you know, Texas, Texas defense being a little bit easy to work through. DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's been – getting in the end zone. So I, I like that for uh, Ward. My issue is McSorley. I, I'm going to save this for Banks when, once he touches on this matchup, but I don't know what McSorley gives you. I mean, is Penn State going to go run heavy? I mean, Illinois could get blown out on Friday. So what do they give you? And whereas with Soup, as we talked about, I think with Sills and Greer, he's going to get he's going to get close to 80. So Ward right oh. there is just yeah I don't know so I'm super yeah, I, I just I just, heard you I, just yeah. yeah I think he come I think that was come 
I think it was cum all over his. Uh, no, that's me sighing because there's no way they get 80 together. Before we throw it to soup, I'm just going to touch on just w- where I'm at with it. I have Ward the favorite here just because the matchups for not that Ward is the more talented team because I don't think he is, but his matchups, my God, they're beautiful. Yes. Um, you, you mentioned Trace and you're not sure. The thing that Trace has lacked on the season has been yards. He hasn't lacked touchdowns. The guy finds the end zone, whether it's throwing it or running it. One thing that Trace has always been is not a turnover-prone quarterback. Um, Throughout his career, he's been very low on the turnovers. Illinois is dreadful. I mean, they're really, really bad. It is a Friday night game. Who knows how Penn State responds. They also have Ohio State coming the week, uh, the following, as their following matchup. Yeah. I, I just think that's a great matchup. I, I, I trace whether he's going to throw for a bunch or he's going to run them in himself. Uh, Illinois is not a good team. Penn State should win easily. Trace is going to put points up. Louisiana Tech for LSU. I mean, good lord, Brossert could <laughs> could go off. Um, Justice Hill versus Texas Tech. I mean, I, if I if I wasn't on camera, my dick would be out right now and I'd be jerking it off. Uh, AJ Brown against Kent. Against Kent. Fucking Kent. Uh, Penn State dropped almost half a million points on them last week. That Ole Miss, and I don't think Penn State's offense is as good as Ole Miss's. Um, as, you know, when you're talking about these, the the way that they would uh, approach, you know, these little people, the poor. Uh, good lord, you know, I mean, Judy, I think is the guy for Tua. Um, and so if there's going to be a guy getting touches, it's going to be Judy. It's a good start. Um, he's got two actually starts against Kent. Um, and then Nebraska struggled uh, in the past game. Uh, against Colorado, uh, we saw what um, Chenault did against them. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is the most talented wide receiver for Michigan. He's actually getting touches, um, and that's a good play too. Like I, I think it's it's very uh, it's a very nice play. Um, Urban's gonna run the fucking ball up. He's gonna run that score up. He's gonna he's gonna make a statement. I I think there's no question about it. You touched on it. Um, I think you know Newenberg is gonna put at least ten points up as a kicker in that matchup. And then Duke versus I don't even know who North Carolina Coastal or where the fuck it is. I mean it's that's a good, uh, HBCU. Yeah. It's, uh, I, oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's a bad team. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Ward matchup wise is just filet mignon. I mean, he's he's sitting in in premier matchups, and that's why I have him the favorite. Um, though I think if you're looking at roster and and the players, I think Soups is good. I think this is going to be a really close matchup. I think it's going to be. I think these two were going to score very high on the week. Uh, I could see them both getting close to, if not above the 200 mark uh, point mark, and I and and that's where I'm at with it. Uh, Soup, your thoughts on this matchup? Because it is your life on the line here. <laughs> Two, 215 to 185, Ward wins. Enough wow. Said. Wow. So you think my line is actually short, huh? Yeah. I've, you mentioned the matchups. He's like every single every single guy on his fucking roster just has a dreamy matchup. And that they're going to capitalize on that and put up. He's going to be he's going to be the highest scoring team this week, in my opinion. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, let's finish up with the final marquee matchup of the week. Uh, I have taxes uh, going against 20s. Uh, 20s has been crowned champion by Fran on this podcast tonight. So we might as well just uh, shut shit down and move on. But in the meanwhile, for shits and giggles, we will look at this matchup. Uh, 20s is 6-0. and He is an 1,123-point uh, performer to this point. I think that is the top billing uh, or actually second to Fran uh, on the season. Uh, obviously, yeah. lots of momentum for 20s. Um, on the flip side here, 
for our boy uh, Taxes in a big make or break game for him. He's sitting at a, a poultry 882 points on the season at three and three. I think um, it's a marquee matchup because it's it's a big for Taxes. He needs if he's going to be anything, he's got to show it this week. But I have this as a real big uh, I have I've uh, 20s as a 27 point favorite, even though I have it as a marquee matchup only because I think this is a make or break week for Taxes. Soup, I'll let you hammer hammer the nail first. I think they both got some pretty favorable matches up, especially 20s with his workhorses, Fitzgerald, Higdon, uh, Sanders. Those guys have pretty pretty nice uh, matchups. And then he's got a guy like Jamar Jefferson that he picked up on the waiver wire that has looked outstanding his first two weeks, and he goes up against the Arizona team. Um, I think both these teams are going to be high scoring this week. I think 27 may be a little too much. Uh, I think 20s wins, but I think it's more in the 15 to 20 range. Um, I will say this. I'm conflicted by these Texas Tech guys. One, they're each starting a, a running back. <laughs> now, maybe they both play significant roles, but something got to give there, you would think, right? Uh, they're both starting the running backs that they feel like are going to get the touches. Somebody's going to be dead wrong in that matchup. That's going to be shitty. Um, I will say this. As far as that Penn State game, um, 20s has Miles Sanders. He's racked up yards. He hasn't racked up touchdowns. I think this might be a game where you see him find the end zone at least once or twice. And Jeff Thomas is just a beast. Um I'm not sure what Miami's going to do in the passing game there, if they're going to, you know, keep with Rogier or not. But the one thing, the safest bet on that offense is Jeff Thomas, um, and I, I love him. Uh, Fran, your your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I think 20s covers easily. Um, I do like Henry over Ward and the Texas Tech running back decision. Um, but I do not like the Herbert play. If you're asking me blindly to pick a team that's going with Nick Fitzgerald or a team that's going with Justin Herbert against Stanford, I think I'm going to go with uh, Nick Fitzgerald any day of the week. So I, there's really not a lot to touch on this matchup. I mean, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned in the chat drunkenly last week, uh, Banks. Why are you so down on Ricky Slade eating into Miles Sanders' workload? Because he fumbles. And there's one thing that James Franklin absolutely fucking despises is a running back or really anyone on his team that turns the ball over. He stresses more than anything else that I've ever, you know, anything else, ball security. Um, Slade fumbled in the first week. He's fumbled against Pitt. Um, he's an under – I don't want to – he's a smaller back. He's not undersized. He's a smaller back. And I think that – I mean, I, I even go back to the All-American game. He fumbled in that matchup too, got a square hit and fumbled. Um, that's why I think at this point it's a pretty – I mean, if he was going to make that next step as a number two running back, I think you would have saw it last week um, and even uh, maybe even into the pit. But they they he solidified himself as the third back. And I wouldn't – I mean, I, I don't think he's going to redshirt. I think he'll play out the year, the season. Um, but personally, it's Miles Sanders, man. They're they're going to work him when the games are big. You're going to see Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders, and Miles Sanders. I don't think you're going to see Allen or Slade when when they go and play the Michigan States and and the Ohio States and all that. So yeah, I, I think yeah. Slade is a is a promising running back. But I I, I was asked today uh, if 
I thought Miles Sanders would go pro. Um, I think there hasn't been any any indication around Penn State that he would, but I think there is um, in the back of the mind for the Penn State staff, if this kid goes off in the big matchups against Ohio State, against Michigan, against Michigan State, Wisconsin, there is a chance he vaults himself. I think overall the running back class this year for NCAA is is rather weak. Um, he's He was a, a top back coming out of high school. If he puts up a huge year against top teams, you know, maybe he declares early. But at this point, there's been no indication to that. Um, you know, I just I just don't think that, uh, um, that uh, Ricky Slade, to me, uh, is a play for this season. And then I question where he's going to be next year, um, especially with Miles Sanders. If he does return, uh, Penn State has a, a really, really nice back in Ford that's committed to them, um, a bigger back. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think this may be another situation where Miles Sanders sat for two years and wasn't really a big factor, and now his junior year is a big factor. I think Slade could be in that same category, especially if he keeps turning the damn ball over. But go ahead and uh, finish up your thoughts on the matchup. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was it. I mean, I just, I think Miles Sanders, I want to see him do what Saquon Barkley did. I, I know that's not fair, but that's what I'm expecting from a Penn State offense. I, I think that that's what he's capable of. And I saw that App State game and Ricky Slade flashed. And I kind of wonder going forward, possibly in an Illinois game, which is essentially the same quality of opponent. Does Slade flash? Does he take away some of those points? So that's where uh, I was at. I think last week he had one carry for one yard for one touchdown. I think the message was sent to him that the fumbling and the turnovers are not acceptable. What they do with him moving forward, I'm not confident in in him being. You know, we'll see. Let's see what happens this week. I would never. I would not start him, but I would monitor it absolutely. Um, yeah. My thing for Sanders, and I, I and I said this on the on our Penn State private board, and I think people looked at me like I had fucking sixteen eyes. When I watch Miles Sanders run, just his running ability, like between the tackles, I feel like he's a better running back between, like just that part of him than what was Saquon Barkley. Um, I, think I don't Saquon disagree. Barkley, I, I think Saquon Barkley is a better athlete. I think that Saquon Barkley may have better, uh, you know, maybe vision. But I think between the tackles, when you're running and you're making certain cuts, I think he's better. Um, but with that being said, they really, for Barkley, they had nothing else on that offense. Penn State's come a long way with recruiting talent on that team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. When Barkley was a freshman, they had jack shit, really. They had one wide receiver. They really didn't have much. The offensive line was terrible. They relied heavy on him. Last year, with him being uh, a Heisman hopeful, they really over, uh, I think, uh, went above and beyond to make him the focal point, maybe to a detriment to the offense overall. Um because you saw like uh, in the Ohio State game in certain times when he got shut down, the offense really didn't have – even though they had the talent, they didn't really go – they weren't prepared to go other spots. So I don't think you're going to see that this year. I think that the new offense coordinator is being a lot more balanced. I think that's why you're seeing K.J. Hamler. I, I, they're still giving Jawan J- Johnson you know, targets even though he's not producing. Um, tight ends are getting into it a little bit. So, yeah, I, I mean – I wouldn't start uh, start him, but I think Sanders is a safe start. I think you'll get touchdowns this week from Sanders. He hasn't been racking them up, but I think this week you will against Illinois. I think Penn State is going to put a shit ton of points up against Illinois. I think, uh, you know, I would 
I would venture to say if they get into the 60, 70 points, I think they could drop on them. I mean, I think Penn State's offense is 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 starting to click, and I think Illinois is just that terrible. Um, this Penn State. Here. This Penn State Power Hour has been brought to you by Banks and Fran. All right, let's move on. All move right, on. let's move on. Let's move on. Let's let's uh um um let's go to a new a new the new topic for the podcast. And we normally do a stardom and a sitem, and we go and and list off three. Real three, quick, but, before we yes, go sir. into that, you want to give the lines on the rest of your games? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me let me go through that. We won't right we now. won't break them down since that I mean they really don't matter, but. You can yeah. go ahead and give the lines if you want. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, these are kind of the, the ho-hum matchups that don't mean much. Uh, I got Burt going against uh, Jigga um, uh, here on here. I got Burt as a 40-point favorite. I think that might be even low. Um, I could see uh, – I, I set it at 40. Um, maybe Jigga surprises and keeps within the line. Um Another matchup here is uh, Taxes versus uh, Trophy. Again, Trophy has nothing to play for, though. He does have Jordan, uh, and Jordan could put up a lot of points. Maybe that keeps the line a little closer, but I think Taxes should have enough. I have Taxes as a 45-point favorite. Uh, Heebs versus Corky. I have Heebs as a 10-point favorite. Um, Corky's bad. Heebs ain't much better. Um, uh Fran going against Corky. I have this as a 60-point uh, favorite for Fran. Uh, again, Corky doesn't – doesn't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that I just – I'm depressed. I, I feel bad for him. I, I just don't want to take any more shots. Uh, o versus Trophy. Again, Trophy's thrown the white flag. Um, o is a big uh, favorite here, 55 points. And I think that knocks out all of the lines. Everything else we had touched and, and compared and put it on the on – the, um, on the board already in our breakdown. So let's uh, transition to top 10 fantasy options. It's going to be a new play on our stardom and sit Um Since this was Soup's idea, I'm going to give him the first uh, first crack at it. Soup, uh, your top 10 quarterback uh, fantasy options this week. Yeah, I'll try to keep it short since we're going a little long here. But uh, coming in at number 10, I got Tua uh, at home against A&M. I know we've been talking about him already and whether friend or not was going to start him or not. Uh, I think he's going to play all four quarters. I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, I don't think four or five touchdowns is out of the possibility here. So I got him at 10, at nine. I got Trace McSorley uh, playing Illinois. I got uh, at eight, I got Taylor Cornelius, Oklahoma State quarterback uh, at home versus Texas Tech. Uh, at seven, I have Kyler Murray. Uh, versus Army, he's probably not going to play deep into that game. But with that running game struggling and Anderson out, I think they're going to lean heavily on him. Uh, at six, I got Jordan Tamu here versus Kent State. I think that offense will be looking to bounce back after that rough week against Bama last week. Uh, at five, I've got Alan Bowman. Uh, he's go- had a huge week last week against Houston. He goes on the road to Oklahoma State where he should. Uh, Oklahoma State's a tough place to play, uh, but I think He's got the weapons there, and he's shown he has talent, and I think he puts up big numbers. And then four, I got Khalil Tate on the road to Oregon State. He finally finally did a little something last week, Tate did, and I think Jay, Jay's kind of hoping on the same thing this week, and I, I predict the same thing. Three, I have 20s quarterback Nick Fitzgerald, Mississippi State, on the road to Kentucky. Uh, they just – man, the usage rate on Fitzgerald is huge. They use that guy all over the field, and – they don't even run the running backs anymore, fuckers. Uh, two, uh, Fran might be surprised to see this. Dwayne Haskins versus Tulane. I know the mm. the thoughts there is that 
they're going to blow them out, which uh, they've shown in the past, even week one, when Ohio State beat the shit out of Oregon State, they kept Haskins in, and he still got, what, five, six touchdowns? So I don't think – I wouldn't be concerned with that aspect of it. So for that reason, I have him ranked this high. And then number one, uh, we've talked about him. You, you guys thought he's going to have a monster game. That's Will Greer at home against Kansas State. I've got him as my number one quarterback. Nice. Um, I've been drinking. Took a shot before we started. Finished my my little cocktail here. But did you fucking put Bowman ahead of Cornelius in your rankings? Like, how the fuck do you justify that? I think Cornelius, uh, Oklahoma State's gonna lean heavily on Justice Hill in that running game. Uh, yeah. Okay. And a top ten yeah. without my boy Perkins. What the fuck is that? All right, Fran. Give me your top ten. Um. I mean, I don't have a top 10. I got a top three. I have to admit, I was on the phone with uh, Soup before this podcast, and it was about 9.45, and he's like, wait, you haven't looked at the rundown yet? So this no. is where my notes trailed off. So, you know, <laughs> thanks. You go go ahead. ahead and pour yourself another shot. But uh, my top three this week, which I really think are a lot different than the rest of the quarterback options, are I have Nick Fitzgerald, number one. Maybe it's a recency bias, but man, that guy is with your boy Joe Moorhead Banks is just, uh, yeah, he's becoming Lamar Jackson, the Caucasian Lamar Jackson. My second option is uh, Will Greer. I think I've talked about it multiple times and Soup's been ooing and aahing. But, man, I think that Will Greer goes off. I mean, that hurricane, he sat out. He's going to be pining to just rack up points. And then my third option is Taylor Cornelius. I know we just talked about Alan Bowman and Cornelius. I mean, that's sort of a coin flip. I do agree with Soup that I would rather be on the Texas Tech side of things because Justice Hill is going to get his diet of touches. But, you know, let's let's touch on something for just one minute. How is uh, Takis, Takis, whatever his name is, surprised? that Oklahoma could put up a lot of points or Iowa state could put up a lot of points on Oklahoma, but not Iowa. I think when you go into this big 12 play, all bets are off. So for me, um, I just think Oklahoma state, they they'll, they'll put up close to 65, 67. So, yeah. Uh, I just touched on it. I'm not going to go through a whole list, but I, I think that, um, Bryce Perkins against Louisville is a good play. Um, I would have him in my uh, top 10. I would, I, I'm stronger on Cornelius than I am on the Texas Tech quarterback only because Oklahoma State has, a, I think, a legitimate defense. I don't think you're going to see the interceptions that you will from Bowman. Um, you know, I, I just like Cornelius a little bit better. And again, I think uh, Perkins is a solid top 10 play against Louisville this weekend. Um, let's transition over or let's move over to running backs. Uh, Fran, I, I'm guessing you only have three. So we'll let you get those three out of the out of the way first. Um, go ahead and, uh, and and lay lay your top three to us. I like Justice Hill. I like ooh, A.J. Dillon. And then my third is Jamar Jefferson. Jamar Jefferson against Arizona. Yeah, I like that. That's a nice play. Super. Uh, let's give you. Let's give me your top ten, bro. 
Well, let me let me pull up your roster real quick so I can just name every single one of your running backs to fucking please you because that's all you're gonna do anyways is name your roster. <laughs> I see here. <laughs> all right, and uh, fucking. I mean, blood. if you want guys that actually produce points every week, yeah, you would be wise to use my roster. Thanks yeah. is like I need running backs. I need running backs. Yeah, <laughs> I do. All right, number ten. I got uh, <laughs> Deron, uh, DeAndre Swift. Uh, we've mentioned him earlier in the podcast. I think this is the week that we finally see him get a healthy dose of carries. I think he only had four last week, and I don't think there's any way bar an injury that we see that again. Uh, number nine here, I have Puka Williams Jr. I just wanted to say that name out of Puka. Kansas. Yeah, he's been he's been flashing. Uh, I mean, the competition hadn't been too too fierce, but he's been showing he has a lot of talent. And they go on the road to Baylor, and I think that they're going to lean heavily on the young guy. And I don't think he's going to put up a, there wasn't a whole lot of running backs that had just outstanding matchups this week. So that's why we kind of left with guys like Puka in my top 10. Uh, number eight, I have Franz boy, Travis Etienne. I think he builds on last week going up against Georgia tech. Uh, after that strong outing last week, they're going to lean heavy on him again this week uh, at seven. This guy's got a tough matchup, but it's kind of hard to leave him off any top 10 lists. I got Jonathan Taylor on the road against Iowa. Uh, he's just, he's an all American for a reason. They're going to lean heavy on him. He's going to struggle some. He's going to get his touches. He's going to end up with a couple of scores. That's just what he does. Uh, number six, I have Jamar Jefferson, Oregon state freshman running back, uh, facing Arizona had the, the monster week fucking banks is drunk. Do you look at him? <laughs> uh, he had the monster week. <laughs> first week and then he touches he, nipples he looked he looked really solid uh last week didn't have as big of a week playing arizona they're gonna lean on that on that young guy there too uh number five here I have Aaron uh, he's fucking he's drunk off his ass after, after one little fucking fruity drink this motherfucker right here. you're not drunk <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I promise you, I'm not drunk. Uh, number five, we have uh, Karen Higdon, Michigan. Uh, he was out last week with an injury. Uh, he's going against a Nebraska defense that hadn't hadn't been that great, hadn't really faced that, that much of competition either, and they're at home. They're going to lean heavy on that running game, and I think he has a big week. Uh, four is a guy that we kind of had on our all – I had on my all-disappointment team last week, and then he bounced back with a huge week. And I mentioned last week that I thought that that would be the case. Uh, Miles Gaskin at number four against Arizona State. Uh, number three, Scotty Phillips against Kent State. I think th um, that offense is going to be humming after a poor week showing against Alabama. Number th and my top two is the same as uh, as Fran. I have Justice Hill number two against Texas Tech, and then AJ Dillon on the road against Purdue. Those are those top two are, I mean, those are no-brainer. And then kind of after that, you you have some moving around. But I think I had Jamar Jefferson at six, so we're kind of, you know, in the same ballpark on those three guys. Uh, just someone that is in my top ten um, that neither of you mentioned, David Montgomery, Iowa State running back, um, had a really solid game last week. Um, they got, they I think they play Akron this week. Um, to me, he's, he's a solid top ten starter. I have him uh, – I have him actually fifth on my list, but I I, I think he's a top 10 starter. And I, I mentioned earlier, uh, Penn State guy, um, uh, Miles Sanders, he's been putting up yards. I think he puts up the touchdowns to to vault him as a, as a pretty nice start. He's in, in the starting lineup for whoever the fuck has him. So I'm a little bit tipsy, but I'm not drunk. Uh, let's uh, move Banks, to wide. I just want to point out before the podcast, Banks says, 
hey, guys, I don't have a list, top 10 list. But now why he's talking about it, yeah, I have this guy fifth on my list. I no. Mean, so that, do you have a list or do you not have a list? Motherfucker, be accurate. I said I have a top 10 list. But I said if we're running long, instead of giving my list, I will just put people that maybe weren't mentioned from you guys. Why? He said you that. Know why? Yes. Facts, motherfucker. Facts. Stop with your fake news. Now, <laughs> what you can give me, what you can give me, give me them sexy 10 wide receivers. I need to know who's a start this week. Give it to me, Soup. I know this one's going to get some blowback from Fran, but I got uh, a guy that's just too talented to leave off the list. I have Emmanuel Hall versus Georgia. They're at home. It's explosive offense. Uh, Locke's going to force the ball to him if he has to. Georgia's going to put their top guy on him, but I just don't think there's any way you can stop Hall. You can contain him, but I still think he puts up a decent day. Uh, number nine, Greg Dortch, just a fantastic receiver. Uh, they use him in every aspect of the game. Uh, they're playing a little tougher defense in Notre Dame, which I just means I think Hartman's going to look to him more, and he's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, number eight, I have Jerry Judy versus Texas A&M. He's clearly to his favorite favorite receiver. He has a knack for finding the end zone. I expect him to do so again this week. Uh, I've got uh, two Texas Tech receivers on the list. At number seven, I got TJ Vasher uh, going against Oklahoma State. They're going to have to put up a lot of points uh, to beat if they want a chance to beat Oklahoma State. I think Tech may struggle of running the ball a little bit. <laughs> Fucking banks against <laughs> Oklahoma State. Uh, number six, I have David Seals. I think both of you guys were pretty big on him. Uh, he had a kind of kind of a meager. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, he's fucking just down in this tequila right in front of us. Jesus Christ. Uh, David Seals, he'll bounce back from that slow week two against uh, a K State team that's just not very good. Uh, number five, I have AJ Brown. Uh, they're playing Kent State. Uh, enough said there. Uh, number four, I have another West Virginia receiver here who has been on the trade block, Gary Jennings, against Kansas State. Uh, he's being targeted just as much as he was last year, and but this year he's actually scoring touchdowns, so I think he's a really good play there. Uh, next two guys, both Banks guys. Number three, I have Tyler Johnson, Minnesota, playing Maryland. Uh, he's the best. He's the best offensive weapon on that team, and they look for him often, and he's He's just really, really talented. Uh, two, Rondell Moore, just maybe the most exciting freshman Ooh. in the country. He's, he's playing Boston College. I, I think that's going to be a shootout between Dylan and Moore going back and forth. Uh, Blau's probably going to put up another huge total like he did last week, maybe somewhere in the 450, 500 range passing-wise. And then number he one, I have – yeah, he's like he was like 35 of 37 <laughs> for 500 yards. The biggest like, oh, my God, he stuck so bad. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? He's like breaking records. Just like, like, he overthrew more by like one foot on one throw. That he was just like the worst quarterback ever. And then number one here, uh, the guy that's I think is kind of surprised us so all, uh, Antoine Wesley out of, out of uh, Texas Tech on the road against Oklahoma State. Uh, Fran, break us down. What you have? Well, I think he's going with Wesley because he's trying to give some karma to his boy Vasher. I think that meant, you know, either of those guys could be number one. Uh, I like, I think that, that guy is going to tear it up this week. And then, uh, you know, I struggle to find a, you know, a clear cut third, but I'm going to go with someone. 
I'm going to talk about David Montgomery later, but I like Akeem Butler. Iowa State against, I think they play Akron. I'm not sure, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akeem Butler, I think that, yeah, I, that guy against Oklahoma, that was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, just a guy I don't think either of you mentioned that I have on my list is Jacoby Myers, NC State. They're playing Marshall. Um, I think he's he's a, a guy that I would have in my top 10. But I think you got, I think Soup nailed a, a really nice list. I think a couple of his guys are a little bit high, the, namely the two that are on my team. Um, you know, they, they've uh, proven to be either really big or you know, hit and miss. And that's what you get with freshmen. So I think they're a little high on the list. I think you got some guys that are be a little bit more steady producers that should be higher on there with better matchups. Um, yeah, I would just say that if you have a Oklahoma State or a Texas Tech wide receiver this week, uh, you are in the fucking money and you should be happy. Um, I also like Brian Edwards. I had him. T- I have him 10th on my list. But uh, Brian Edwards, South Carolina wide receiver, they're going against Vandy. Um, you know, red zone target. He might be an option. Um, Fran. Some guys that you want to avoid this week. Let's start uh, one or two guys. If you have more than that, that's fine. Um, but uh, at quarterback, uh, you know, steer away. Where you at? Um, I think Drew Locke. You know, I know we've been talking about Emmanuel Hall. I would not touch that matchup. Um, and Justin Herbert, Oregon quarterback, going to Stanford or at or he's hosting Stanford, but. Yeah, I just I wouldn't touch Herbert, and I see him in the starting spot, and yeah, I think it's a bad matchup. Soup. Yeah, I'll echo the Drew Lock matchup with Georgia. Uh, I will say this: you don't have to do as much as a receiver to be a good play as you do as a quarterback. So even though I think Emmanuel Hall has a decent day, that doesn't necessarily mean that Drew Lock will. So I have him as a guy to avoid, and also I have Kellen Maude. Mond, who's looked great this year, but he's going on the road to Alabama playing that defense. We saw what they were able to do against uh, Tammy last week. And, so, and that's kind of the same kind of mold that Mond is. Mond maybe runs a little bit more, but uh, just it's not a favorable matchup for him. So he's a guy I avoid at all costs this week. I think those are all good, good uh, selections there. Um, Soup, you want to hit us off with some running backs that you would like to avoid? I will just say this about Locke. He usually performs really, really well against bad teams. And so I think he should have a good week this week. Um, <laughs> but go ahead. Hit, hit us up on running backs. Uh, I have a guy here on the list that I have here because he suspended the first half of the week. Or the first half of the week. The first half of the game. Jermichael uh, Hastings against Kansas. Um, I mean, he'll he'll get to play the second half. And he'll probably get some carries, but by then I, I just don't. He's not going to be worth a start. And then also had Travion Williams, another guy for A and M, going on the road against Alabama. That stout defense. I just uh, there's not any Texas A and M guys that I start this week. Uh, Fr- uh, Fran, your thoughts on some running backs you'd avoid this week? Yeah, I'd avoid the uh, Colburn Carney committee at Wake Forest. I already, I think a lot of Notre Dame's defense, and then yeah, that that committee is just hard to figure out. You saw Soup having to deal with that, and then I would avoid Damian Harris of Bama. One, you see Bama going for the pass a lot more Tua, and then I think Najee Harris is really emerging for Alabama as a guy that they are going to turn to inside the twenties in that red zone offense, and I think Damian Harris is a dicey play. Um, 
you just can't bet on him like you thought going into the season? Um, you guys, just thoughts on Tyler Chandler returning this week against uh, Florida for Tennessee. Do you see him, um, you know, solidifying that starter's role again, or do you think he's they're going to work him in slowly? Uh, Fran, I'll let you hit it up first. Yeah, I think this is a make-or-break week for if you're a fantasy owner deciding on Ty Chandler. Um, he can be a big play guy. I think Tim Jordan will end up being the workhorse. He'll get 16 carries to every 10 of Ty Chandler's. But Ty Chandler will have big play ability. I think this is the week that you got to – I mean, I, I don't want to ride the fence, but that's sort of where I'm at with it. I would I would lean towards – Jordan in that uh, timeshare. Soup, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I echo. They're going to, that's he, he's coming back from injury. They're going to ease him into it, um, even if he's going to be the lead guy going forward. So it's definitely not a guy that I would count on this week. And I think, like Fran said, that that's going to be the kind of distribution between those two running backs moving forward. Uh, just a couple of names that stick out for me that I, I'm not positive. I'm not uh, very high on Quadre Allison Allison for Pitt. They're going against North Carolina. Not a great defense, but I, I, I I'm not really sold on the Pitt offense uh, as a whole. Um, I think they'll try to get more reps for the quarterback this week and pick it uh, a better matchup uh, through the air for them to attack that North Carolina secondary. So I would probably say Olison. I think I've seen him as high as a top 15 start, um, but I just, I would put him uh, not on the, on my start list. I would avoid him this week. I just don't think it's a good matchup. Um, and then uh Roundtree for uh, Missouri going against that Georgia defense. Um, I think, if Missouri's going to win, they're going to have to do it in the air. Um, and so I, I just I, I'm not expecting a big production productive uh, day for Roundtree, even though he's going to be their their number one running back. I just I would avoid uh, going down that road. Um, wide receivers that you would avoid, Fran, where you're at on it. Uh, I talked about Emmanuel Hall. Just think that's a bad matchup. And then uh, Nikhil Harry. Uh, I mean, he is such a beast. And I guess I, I would start him. But I don't think you're going to get a Nikhil Harry-type performance. I think Washington will scheme against him and will put a safety on top. And he got frustrated in that San Diego State finish. I stayed up for that. And he uh, he's sort of got that prima donna wide receiver attitude. And, yeah, I could see him sort of just taking himself out of that game. Uh, Soup, your thoughts on some wide receivers to stay far and away from? Yeah, I've only got one guy here, uh, a guy Corky picked up this week, Isaiah Zuber out of K-State, who's had two just tremendous weeks out of three so far and looks to be the bright spot in that Kansas State offense. They travel on the road to West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia defense is usually really, really, really tough at home, and I think that's a guy that will struggle this week. Outside of that, I really didn't see a whole lot of other guys that were must-sits for me. Uh, I do agree, uh, guys like Harry and Hall. They're never must-sits, but they will have tough matchups this week. Yeah. I, one guy that I will have on my sit list, I was really high on him coming into the season, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to be the focal point for MC State. I know they're playing 
uh, terrible Marshall team, but Kevin ha- Kelvin uh, Harmon, he just hasn't clicked this year. Maybe it's this week. I, I don't really know. They're playing Marshall. They're pretty shitty. Um, you could see him not really getting a ton of targets as the game will probably get out of hand. I just don't have a lot of confidence in that start. Um, and then I would just say uh, one other guy, I, I C.D. Lamb for Oklahoma, again, that shit's going to get way out of control. You, you figure Lamb and uh, Hollywood Brown will get a few targets, but how many with, with you know, just uh, a lopsided matchup is is to be questioned. I, I think one of the two will, will probably see uh, the fantasy production, just you're not really sure on which one considering the matchup. And I mentioned uh, Tay Martin versus USC. I'm not really high on that matchup either, um, you know, for this weekend. I just think that there's uh, better guys to go home with. Uh, and speaking of uh, going home, I want uh, us to drop a power ranking on on these people's ass. Wait, um, what about sticky plays? Oh, my bad. Fuck. The tequila. Soup, give me some sneaky plays at QB, my man. I got a guy here that struggled week one against the LSU defense that appears to be a really, really tough defense. I got Malik Rozier out of Miami. Uh, he's looked pretty good the last two weeks, and he's playing a shit-ass Florida international team. And then also I have a guy here that Ward just picked up in free agency, Boston College quarterback, looked really good on Thursday of last week, Anthony Johnson. Uh, he goes on the road to Purdue. Purdue's defense sucks ass. Uh, I think they're going to move the ball a lot. I think they're going to run a lot, but I think they've shown, especially last week, that they'll air the ball out. And I expect Anthony Johnson to do the same this week. Uh, Fran, sneaky snarters, sneaky snarters, sneaky starters. <laughs> I like D- David Montgomery. We've talked about him. I don't know if that's a sneaky start, but he's sort of been down the early part of the season. I think this is his coming out game. I like Terry McLaurin against Tulane for Ohio State. He seems to be what? the guy. In the- I'm going to start Listen. him then. I'm going to start him. I'm gonna start him. Listen, I like him. I like him in the blowout matchups. You see, you see a KJ Hill. All right, Banks. All right, you see a KJ Hill emerge. I just think this is McLaurin's week. Um, and then I like KJ Hamler on Friday. Uh, yeah, I think that he blows up Friday night against Illinois. I'm just not sure how drunk I am. I thought I asked you for quarterback sneaky snarts, but I I might have fucked up. I don't I don't know. Well, oh I'm, oh, I'm just... okay. My sneaky start at quarterback was Alan Bowman, and Soup was like, "That's not a fucking sneaky start." So I had to no. scratch that up. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh, sneaky start start for me at quarterback. Uh... Sneaky snakes snarter snart. <laughs> a slow slow slow. Josh Jackson for Virginia Tech going against Old Dominion. Um, I think that is a, a nice little start uh, off the radar there. Uh, I think they should be able to put a lot of points up against Old Dominion, hopefully. Um, I think Josh Jackson's a nice uh, pick. And then um, Malik Cunningham is the new starting quarterback for Louisville. Uh, they're going against Virginia. Um, they were you were, uh, Virginia gave up um, some yards on the ground last week. Um, Cunningham is going to be more of a mobile quarterback versus throwing it in the air. You could, I think, you could see him getting some uh, scores in the red zone on the RPO with him calling his own number down there. I think that's another good uh, uh, start there. That's uh, off the radar. Let's move to running back soup. Uh, let's knock out a couple of uh, guys that you you think might be uh, good starts. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier when talking about Stex's lineup. A guy that he was kind of ridiculed for picking up week one, John Lovett, the running back. He's going to get the start with Hasty out. 
And, you know, by the time halftime comes around, he may have the hot hand and they may choose to stick with him. So that's a guy that I start this week, uh, sneaky. And then <laughs> I've got Tony Jones Jr. Uh, <laughs> I, he's, he, I mean, he's listed as the co-starter this week. So, I mean, and then Jamar Armstrong, Jafar Armstrong looked kind of, uh, it didn't look too impressive last week. Jones definitely looked like the better of the one back. Five, the guy that they, one and five. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're slowly finding out why the man is where he's at. You know what? At least I'm putting the list out there and not sitting there rubbing my teeth and naming one or two guys every fucking position. Anybody can do that, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> Fuck, I just asked for one or two guys. I'm giving you one or two guys. Here, here's a sneaky start Start for me at, at uh, running back. Can you, say, can you not say sneaky start? Can you not say that? Okay. <laughs> I like Cam Akers, which is blowing my mind that you would even mention this guy in this category, but with the shitty year he's had, um, yeah, I, laughs, I, I laughs think... at Tony laughs at Tony Jones, but fucking starts Cam Akers. All right, I mean, <laughs> all right, I mean, don't tear me down just because I whooped your ass week one and you're trailing. But you know, mean standing. Relax. Re- you should have lost by twenty. You should have lost by twenty. You got lucky. Oh, man, I just get beat down by this man. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to hear this this guy attack me like this. Um, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a drink to put up with me. <laughs> I do. I do have to I have to drink um, lots, uh, lots of alcohol. Um, and then sticking with that uh, Louisville um, matchup, Day Williams, they have he's kind of been uh, a guy seeing a lot of action, especially with um, Jawan pass shit in the bed. They've been calling his number a little bit more often. I think Louisville's going to be more of a running team this week uh, with with uh, the new quarterback in action. I think he could be a nice start. Uh, Soup, wide receivers. Hmm. Looking at Okay, wide receivers I have. J.D. Spillman, Nebraska, playing against Michigan. Michigan struggled last week against SMU with their little slot guy who's kind of jittery. Uh, Poor Prochet, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he had a huge game against Michigan, and J.D. Spillman's kind of that same mold. And then uh, another guy here is I have little Jordan Humphrey versus TCU. He's a guy that's clearly become the number one option in that Texas offense for the receivers, and I think he's going to have a strong week versus TCU this week. I mean, Fran, do you see how many guys he's mentioning off my roster when he's talking about good starts and shit? Like, I, I love the love. You know, he he tears me down yeah. with a baseball bat and then he builds me back up. It's it's a sign of true love. I mean, it really he's is. Just get, you know? He's just paying you back for that little rub and tug you gave him on the week one podcast when you just gloated about how great his roster was going to be and how he was the dominant team. So it only makes sense. I mean, it does, and I will say this: I, um, as high as I was on Soup's roster, I still think it's uh, very, very, very talented. And even though I love Soup, I am hoping that <laughs> motherfucker goes zero and two, and he's selling <laughs> because I just don't want <laughs> to see him towards the end of the season as a competitive, uh, as a competitor. If he's a seller, I, I am much more happy. Both you uh, motherfuckers are on the no trade list. Done. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's for me, uh, for USC. He's one of their higher uh, targeted wide receivers. I know Amon St. Brown um, was the go-to last week, but I think um, I think that uh, Vaughn's gets every bit as much uh, the targets this week. Um, and, I, and I like him as a play. 
Um, and then another guy that I, I like this week as a play, um, they're going against um, Tennessee's defense, but Van Jefferson, um, he gets, yeah. he's been getting, he's been getting a lot of targets for, um, for that Florida offense. He's kind of been the go-to guy at wide receiver. I think that's a nice play down there. Uh, I, I'm kind of, I, it blows my mind, man, when you think of the talent that that Mississippi team had at one point with Van Jefferson and DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. I mean, then you had Shea Patterson and you have Jordan. I mean, that's just a ridiculous amount of talent that they had on that offense that, you know, guys have uh, gone in other directions, but goodness gracious, did they recruit like and hit on a lot of guys? It's, it's pretty, pretty outstanding. Fran, is there anybody else that you want to chime in on or, uh, feedback on on the names that we provided at this nah, point. I went out of order. I don't deserve to say anything else. So no, nah, it's continue. all it's all good. So then let's do this. Let's get a power ranking. And since uh, you did go out of order, we'll let you go first and 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 let you uh, be the voice to lead us off here. Your league top uh, fourteen. Start at fourteen and work your way up. Power rankings. Let's do it. 14, I go with my Terry Shivo pick, Corky. And 13, Trophy, just because he's sold off. 12, I'm going to go with Heebs because fuck you for not responding to me. 11, Jigga. 10, I'm going to go with Soup because Soup, while I think you're a good GM, you've you really fucked yourself this year. Takis, Takis, yeah, whatever fucking, your name I call, is. I, I caused that fucking hurricane. Fucked myself over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Takis at number nine. Ward, Jay at seven and eight. I put that interchangeably. I think one of those teams does move up. This, you know, I think this is fluid, but one of those teams emerges for me. Stex, I have at six. Burtz at five which is a division leader, but I'm just not buying stock in that. And then here's where my West love begins. I got Banks at fourth. I got O at three. I got me at two. Me at two. No, stop, stop. Rub your nipples, Banks. Um, I got me at two. I'm the number one point getter. And, uh, you know, the, the week one pod just really hated on me, had me as a fringe playoff team. And, you know, I was putting up points then. And then 20s won easily. Oh, man, oh, man. God, the <laughs> bias from this guy. I mean, can we get an objective opinion on the league? I'm going to have to go to Soup for this. Soup, give me your power rankings, man, because this guy. All right. With this, Coming with in at 14, love. I've got Fran because he's sucking himself off. <laughs> at 13, i got 20s because Fran's sucking him off. No, at 14, uh, our bottom actually looks very similar. i got Corky at 14. Uh, 13, I've got Trophy. Uh, 12, I think is where we see our first difference. I've actually got Jigga at 12. Uh, I've got me at 11, so I've actually got me one spot lower than when he wow. had me ranked. Uh, at 10, I mean, it's, it's one and five record. I mean, it's I know it's <laughs> record's not all you go base it off of, but I mean, it's got to factor in at some point. Uh, 10, I've got Heebs. Uh, nine, I've got Tackies. Eight, I've got Ward. Seven, I got Jay. Jay and Ward are in make or break weeks, in my opinion. Uh, at six, I got Stex. Uh, five, I've got O. Uh, fourth, I got Banks. Three, I've got Burt. I mean, like I said, you have to factor in record, and he's six and O. Uh, do I think he's a top three team? No, but he is six and O. He's got one of the best records in the league, or top of the best. 
uh, in second, I've got Fran. And in first, I've got 20s. Oh, man. After I defended you for not blowing Bert, you fucking go and put Bert that high. Good Lord He's and mercy. He's 6-0. and oh. I don't give a fuck. He's one of the lowest. What do you mean? God <laughs> damn it. Hey, what are playoffs based on points scored or is it, play, is it based on record? It's it's based on on record. Yeah, it's okay. Based on record. It's based on record. Based on record. Like all we all we did we're, last we're year. Only three motherfucking weeks hey, in though. All we did was shit on trophy last year when he had the same exact team like Birch doing. He had a really good record and he wasn't scoring a whole lot of points and he ended up winning with the best record in the fucking league. Because right. he, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, it's uh, part uh, of it. Who you play? You're right. I mean, it's, you're you're right. I I can't I can't I want to argue it, but I can't argue it because you're correct. So I'm not going to argue it. I'm going to move on to my list, and I'm going to provide you my power rankings. At uh 14, I have Corky. Not much need to be said there. 13, I have Troph. Again, not much to be said there. Uh, Jigga uh is next on the list. Uh, you know, hey, dude. You know, it is what it is. Um. <laughs> After that, uh, you got, you know, your fringe guys here, the guys that are battling for their lives. I think at this point, um, I have Jay, uh, Youth Gone Wild, um, and I got Soup here. And I look at those two teams and you're like, okay, this is kind of where you probably should slot them record-wise, points-wise. But I think they're better than what their teams are. So I actually have them a bit higher. I have um, Heaps coming in um, at 11. And then I have taxes coming in at nine. I have Jay coming in at. What eight. about number got, ten? Did I miss? I got Corky fourteen, Trophy thirteen, uh, Jigga eleven, ten. Uh, no, Jigga was twelve. Joe eleven. <laughs> Math is hard. <laughs> it's the uh, magic Jigga's number. Eleven is um. Uh, heaps and then 10 is taxes nine is j eight is soup because i refuse to believe that his actual record and points per uh, are a reflection of his team i it's a power rankings i I have them higher on the list uh then i would have ward i would have stex and i would have bert and then you're talking about uh, you know the elite of the lead the top four um i'm gonna put o at four I'm going to put myself at three. I'm going to put 20s at two. And number one on my power rankings, and not because he's on the podcast, just because I think his team is that good, I have Fran as number one on my power rankings. So, uh, I mean, I think there's some similarities in all of our our rankings, give or take. Um, Anything stick out uh, for you, Soup, on whether Fran and I's uh, list? Yeah, I don't know how you could put a guy four and two over a guy that's six and zero oh on the power rankings when their point totals are basically identical. It's because these eyes, they don't lie, brother. And it's in this heart. You see this? Look at this shit. See this? This titty? It's protecting a heart, and in that heart, it says Fran's the better team. Yeah, so that's it. That's I it. Think, I, mean, I think the cool. last. The last two weeks between me and 20s, if you combine the point total, it's been around like 2.75 points. That's incredible, right? I mean, we yeah. are just neck and neck right now. So Sure. I mean, it, to be honest, between the top four teams in the league, the, the point totals are not 
it, it's 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 a tight battle. I mean, the, I think the top four point scores in the league are. I, I think you know, uh, we talked about you know guys separating. I, I I do think that you know when you look at the league, there's there's a a, a top four, and then you have yeah. another batch of guys. Um, just underneath that, uh, you know, I would say in like Burt, Stex, Ward, um, and then you know you have a couple of wild cards then in in uh, Soup and and in uh, Jay Gabriel on where they're at, and then I think everybody else is really I, I I just they're not to me they're not they're not in the race. So um you know so when when I kind of look and project and see where shit is, you know I, I see you know six seven maybe nine teams still competitive at this point with, you know, obviously the do or die matchups with uh, both Jay and soup this weekend. Uh, I, I know soup said ward also is kind of in that do or die realm as well. I guess we would have to throw Stex If we're talking about ward at three and three and do a die Stex would also have to be bunched in there. Um, you know, soup, you know, your thoughts. My thoughts on what? I've already given you my power rankings. Oh, I'm just saying, just kind of how I, uh, how I, I, I kind of broke down the the tiers there. Hey, I, I, have, I, have final, I have a final question. I have a final yeah, question. Let's wrap this up. Is this the most wide open you ha- you two have seen the league at this point? Yeah, I think usually there's one team that's kind of separated themselves. Like you had Banks last year, and then uh, your your year that you won your team, and then Ward's team. The year he won, and then even the year I won, me and O kind of separated ourselves. And I mean, this—it seems like there's at least four teams that could win. I'd say at this point. And then I think yeah. if with some moves made, you could even say maybe even five or six if the right moves are I'd made. I'd say six. Yeah. 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 I. I think my list would probably be seven that can can win it depending on trades. Um. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this is the the tightest I've ever seen the league um, to this point. And so I, I feel like looking forward next week, depending on the results this weekend, we're going to see a lot of transactions taking place in the trade market. I think uh, we're going to see some guys, uh, you know, hopping off the pot and, and getting getting going. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the week to, that comes. Uh, Fran, uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, I think you were excellent for your first time, uh, first appearance. Uh, I think you did fantastic, man. Wish you uh, back on the podcast very soon. You know, if you want to get in that chair again next week and and do two in a row, uh, you're more than welcome or down the road. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. Soup, as always, uh, you know, you're my my right-hand man. Uh, We always give a parting word. So Fran, go ahead, uh, parting shots as we sign off tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I wish nothing but the best to Nebraska and Penn State this week. And, uh, you know, may I see you guys in the playoffs? Uh, Soup? (sighs) I wish I had a eulogy ready. I'd read it right now. Uh, (laughs) You know what I wish you had right now? I wish we would leave the podcast with, like, the Undertaker's music. Just because (laughs) I I feel like that's fitting. For where your your mindset and mood is going into the season, it's, it's and then it's after dark. this week, after I'm about to die, you just see me sit up like the Undertaker used to sit up. The crowd goes Fuck crazy, yeah. and he's Fuck back yeah. in the fucking playoff chase. I'm coming for you, Fran. I'm coming for you. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man. I, I, I will say this uh, before I um we sign off here. I fully expect at this point next week that Soup is gonna be on this podcast talking about all the trades he made to get back into the race <laughs> and the players he's acquired <laughs> and how he's fully committed to trying to win this motherfucker. I that's 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 just one that's seven, where I baby. We're gonna be. one at seven. Still buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna be one in seven this time next week. I guarantee you that. If you're one in seven, I will fucking drink the rest of this goddamn tequila before we start the podcast. And God have mercy on my soul if I even make it through half of the next week's podcast. So hey, if with that I'm being one in said, seven, if I'm one in seven next week, you shave your chest. I will shave. If you're one in seven next week, Stupid. I'm gonna shave. I'm wrong into my chest. Yes. <laughs> I'm pitching my team. Pitching them. <laughs> All right. Uh, and with that said, everyone, thank you as always for listening. We uh, we we definitely knocked this one into the into extra innings, but I think it was fun, and I think we dropped a lot of info. And uh, see you next week. Hopefully, the audio recorded. We're out, bitches. Later, guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.